For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Rose mentioned it there at the top of the hour there in sport. Beautiful gesture. Yorick down in uh, Glenmire sent me a lovely screen grab of Sarsfield bringing the cup to the grave at Teddy Mac at the weekend after winning the Cork Senior Hurling title. I guess the words were, this one's for you, Teddy boy. It's a beautiful photograph of um, the team standing um, alongside his grave and the cups right there with him and the SARS flag as well. It's a gorgeous touch. Well done to all involved. And other sporting news, of course, many of the Red Tops, and as I mentioned, the weekend, they were talking about it all yesterday as well. You're still the best dad, is the front page. You're making many of the Red Tops star in the mirror have it today. Johnny Sexton was told, you're still the best dad by his son, uh, Luca, after Ireland were knocked out of the Rugby World Cup on Saturday. Um, it, was, it was awful to see them on the pitch after the match, doing the right thing, staying on the pitch and acknowledging the victors and things like that but heartbreaking uh, to experience it after such a valiant effort Johnny's son's touching message uh, as you know the legendary, legendary captain called it a day at the weekend um, very sad uh, but I don't think they could be held accountable for their performances right along and I have admitted my knowledge of the game is quite limited but even me as, as a bystander watching it uh, I was blown away by the talent and at uh, the level of rugby um, the late Tina Satchwell makes the papers again today uh, we have audio from y'all a little later on Seamus was down there at the vigil in y'all so over 200 people attended the gathering. It's the front story, not the lead story, but a front story in the Echo this morning. Um, memory of the 45-year-old. It happened on Saturday and the town uh, came out to express their grief and their condolence um, for her loss and indeed uh, much of it on behalf of the people of y'all talking to her family um, from particularly the Dingovans uh, in Formoy. So that's a front and inside page story. Meanwhile, her murder accused is in jail and uh, on remand uh, and will actually, he was, he was brought before a special sitting of Cashel District Court in County Tipperary on Saturday and from there then uh, off to uh, Limerick Prison. So the Mirror this morning is saying that Richard Satchwell is isolated and under special observation. He's being checked by staff every 15 minutes. Uh, he's on a, a Limerick's prison's e-landing, a small corridor that's home only to two other uh, prisoners. So I'll have more on that uh, in a few minutes' time with Barry Roach of the uh, Irish Times. But you talk about, and that was for many years, a missing person, as you know, Tina Satchwell, unfortunately now upgraded to an identification and a murder charge. 878 people are now on Ireland's missing list. Isn't that uh, a staggering figure? 878 people are now officially listed as missing in Ireland. One thing that could give us hope, though, is with modern technology and the evolution of all sorts of new ways of investigating crime, and also the cold cases that our Garda Shikon are having a lot of success with uh, of late, um, maybe there's hope for at least some of those 878 people on Ireland's missing list. Sadly, though, um, and for many years, Ireland's death toll on our roads was dropping. I was looking at some of the graphs this morning from Statistic and it was showing a steady drop. But yet this year, for some reason, uh, we seem to come out of every single weekend with more and more deaths on our road and roads. And over the weekend, five more killed 
in Irish road crashes in Louth, Limerick, Kerry, Waterford and Roscommon. It's a front and inside page story making the mirror today. Uh, one moment is the death of uh, the drummer Chris Bradley on the M1 uh, after a gig in Kildare and he's the drummer for the country music star Declan Nurney. Um, so he's a married father of two in his 30s, died in the car in which he was a passenger, collided with a tractor in County Louth in the early hours of, of Saturday, coming back from a gig and a man was killed when his motorbike crashed between Shannon Bridge and Ballina Snow. He was in his early 30s uh, and then another motorcyclist died when he collided with a van near Moy Van in, near Listole, 7 o'clock on Saturday evening. A pensioner on a trike was killed after a single vehicle collision in Stradbally in County Waterford at noon yesterday. And then Gardaí are continuing to search for the driver of a car involved in a hit and run, which claimed the life of an inspiring student by the name of Joe Drennan, 21-year-old. This is in Castle Troy in Limerick. So guards are searching for the driver involved in the hit and run that led to his death. This was Friday night fatally injured uh, and apparently this morning the mirror is saying that immediately before uh, his death um, the crash that led to his death or the hit and run the same vehicle was involved in a collision with another car and an alleged interaction with Gardaí so it's a manhunt now after that student was killed five in total and alarmingly uh, yesterday on all of them but alarmingly the Irish Times front page this morning talks of Garda drink driving checkpoints being down um, to less than half compared to what they were at before the pandemic. Um, the number of guardy assigned to road policing is at its lowest level in like uh, six or seven years. And the Irish Times is saying this morning that far fewer motorists have been caught using mobile phones while speeding, drink driving. Um, and a, a lot of it backed down, of course, the amount of speed detection and checks that were out there during the pandemic, because for a lot of it, traffic volume plummeted. But for some reason, it hasn't been ratcheted up or accelerated, for want of a better term, after the pandemic. So speeding detection during driving checks now lower than during and indeed before the pandemic itself. Um, of course, our health system is never too far from the newspapers and you may have seen a lot of developments at the weekend. This, uh, Stephen Donnelly is under unbelievable pressure now that he's lost control of his, of his department. Has any health minister actually ever had control of the Department of Health, I wonder? Um, they got some money in the budget, but nowhere near enough, according to the papers today. And at the weekend, of course, uh, it didn't have this statistical piece of information I was talking to Michael Martin on, on Friday morning um, but the Minister Stephen Donnelly has got to make 600 million euro worth of savings in the health service next year um, and that is not a department that you want to hear about cost cutting exercises sure it's not Michael Martin said that 22,000 people were hired into the HSE uh, in the past year I can't argue with that it probably is a fact he wouldn't have said it otherwise but then later in the day we heard that the main focus of these cost cost saving exercises would be on hospital spends and the use of say agency staff uh, they spend an awful lot on agency staff but one of them is there's a freeze on recruitment of junior doctors healthcare assistants home helps and lots of other frontline staff due to the financial constraints but I thought we had lots of money. I questioned some of the areas on Friday where we were spending it. But one area that you don't want to see cutbacks is junior doctors, healthcare assistants, home helps and frontline staff 
or am I missing something? Uh, you know, of all of the, your thoughts are welcome on in that incidentally. Text 0868104106. Um, also, politically, there is some good news for Micheál, Micheál Martin. He's ahead of uh, Mary Lou MacDonald as the most popular political leader. Just ahead of her, he's at 47% approval rating, while Mary Lou is at 46%. So it's number two for Mary Lou as Micheál Martin um, moves ahead of her in the popularity stakes for party leaders. But... You're on Lee's side, of course, um, Cork City Council, always found wanting as landlords and the state of some of the accommodation that their tenants have to live in. Need I mention again Noonan's Road, St. Finbar's Road, Fort Street and Dean Street, much in the news over the past six months, which I believe that they've only been sent um, a, a rent increase notice. <laughs> At the same time, while they're going to have their homes demolished, they're being subjected to a rent increase I mean, wouldn't you be livid if you were living in those conditions and your landlord, Cork City Council, sent you a rent increase? We're never too far from stories about health, as I mentioned there. Uh, And this is a health-related story where you have the oncologist, John Crown. He's been on the air with me in the past on a number of occasions. He's one of Ireland's leading doctors, particularly when it comes to cancer. He says that the tobacco industry uh, targets kids with vapes because they need to recruit children because they their customers die. So they need no new ones. And one way of doing that is to recruit children. I was telling you last week that the Mirror did a special investigation uh, where they were able to um, show that 14-year-olds were able to buy vapes. And there was one 14-year-old lad in the, in the sting investigation of the Mirror who bought um, handfuls of disposable vapes in one hour because there's no age requirement. They're dragging their feet on making it over 18. It's taken an awful long time. But there is a lovely health story also making the mirror today. And it's the story of an English tourist who returned to the CUH to thank the doctor who saved his life during a heart attack. In fact, he had three cardiac arrests. And each time he was uh, revived by the team, including the consultant cardiologist, uh, Professor Noel Kaplis, um, in fact, I think Noel Kaplis was wrestling with St. Peter on the gates of heaven, pulling back Mark Lang time after time from the pearly gates. And the lad uh, came back just to say thank you, which is a beautiful story. I'll come back to that a little later on this morning. Uh, bizarrely, uh, the examiner on its front page today has the story of a woman who was set up by a dating agency uh, on a date with a man with a conviction for violent assault. And she says... Uh, that um, background checks by the agency is putting clients in danger. I think I've spoken in the past on the air, actually, with the intro matchmaking agency based in Dublin. But they have clients across the country. And I wonder if anybody listening has ever been matched up by intro matchmaking. Because the examiner says this morning that four people... Uh, so there's that one story of somebody who was matched up by somebody with violent assault. So you've got to wonder about the background checks that are put into people before they get matched with with dates, but four other people said that um, they got in touch with the examiner that they paid over a thousand euro, signed a contract with the agency, which was to secure five introductions for those clients um, after they paid the money. 
but none of them have had five introductions. And I know in the past there was some criticism of the, um, you know, the accuracy of the matching up with different dating agencies in the sense that people were saying, you know, it didn't seem as if there was a lot of research put into it. The person that they were matched up with went on a date wasn't their type. There were a million miles in the profiles they put up um, and the type of person they were looking for. Um, uh, I know one person that's very happily married and settled down, getting on with his life, the great chat show king Graham Norton makes the papers today in spite of a 900,000 pay cut which is just short of a million euro pay cut in a calendar year uh, he is still pocketing huge amounts of dosh and the sun reminded us this morning uh, that Graham Norton took 2.5 million and you know with his talent and his ability to make people laugh and the great chatter that he is He's worth every single penny of it. So he bagged over two and a half million, apparently, for the Graham Norton show and his radio stuff and all sorts of different work. They, they, they resell the Graham Norton show, uh, the BBC do, to, um, um, no, I think, ITV take it, and I believe even Virgin Media take it as well. So there's lots of money to be made, and he gets a, he gets a divvy up from that. Anyway, lines open, text 0868104106. Cork's number one talk show. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We'd love to hear from you. And email neil at redfm.ie. Uh, has anybody heard of this story that's doing the rounds about the wish to have the bells of Shandon controlled or silenced because people living in the area are having their brains fried by people playing, tu- playing tunes like, I don't know, are they playing what? Like Three Blind Mice or Amazing Grace or songs like that? You can go up there and they've got the, the all of the different um, ropes to pull and they have the, everything is, is um, you know, they've got, no, I think it's numbered as opposed to alphabetical and shows you how to pull them. Uh, but apparently some people living in and around the Bells of Shandon are being plagued by tourists playing god-awful tunes all day long and a lot of the time the same one over and over. It's like a form of torture, they're saying. These are my words than them, not theirs, but it's a bit like a busker inside in town just having one tune. If you're living in the area um, and are being plagued, or for that matter not being plagued, please get in touch. Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. I believe it was the South Bore of the Jack Lynch Tunnel this morning. There was uh, a crash in the tunnel and of course as usual it caused all sorts of mayhem for people trying to get from A to B. I hope everybody's alright but we're hearing way too many issues uh, on our roads these days. Five killed at the weekend. I don't know what it is lads, whether people are speeding. I suppose a combination of people speeding, tailgating, changing lanes. I've seen people change lanes in the tunnel. I saw an Arctic change lanes in the tunnel about four or five months ago and I nearly crashed into him. It was absolutely horrific. Um, and then there's people who were on their phones or texting or uh, not using hands-free and phones took up to the rear, all sorts of problems like that. But I suppose speed um, and, uh, I don't know, switching lanes or driving too close, there's so many of them. Um, five killed on our roads at the weekend again, awful news. Um, you know, I did promise that I would, um, you know, stay in touch with every single development with regards to what was a missing person for many years, Tina Satchwell. And we have been doing that uh, since um, we had uh, a big breaking news um, just about six days ago uh, and on a daily basis I've been talking to Barry Rhodes Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times just as we were coming off air on Friday the news was coming through um, that uh, the remains the skeletal remains that were taken from her home were identified as being Tina Satchwell um, there was a big scramble then at that stage and uh, we have uh, many reports of it right across the weekend 
But I'm curious just to pick up that story at that point when we were coming off air on Friday and Barry Roach joins me by phone. Barry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, in fact, you, you had a most excellent timeline in the Irish Times at the weekend going back to... In fact, you go back to the 1980s um, when Tina Dingovan from Formoy headed to Leicester in England, moved in with her grandmother and met Richard Satchwell. And it comes all the way through. People should read that online. But what, what happened on Friday morning? Yeah, if you remember, Neil, we were talking on Friday about 10 o'clock, I suppose we wrapped up, as it were. And I was making the point that... Um, we call him the suspect at the moment. Obviously, we know who it is, but just at that stage, we were calling him the suspect. The suspect had been arrested at about 12 o'clock in Yall on Thursday. He was being detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act. That gives Gardaí 24 hours. He was taken to Cove, and unlike the previous arrest, we said um, where he had gone through the night with the interview, he actually opted to suspend. And we knew that Friday morning. So, effectively, he was questioned uh, Thursday night till midnight, then took his eight hours rest, came back at the guards came back at interviewing him on Friday morning but that pushed his detention period back to 8 o'clock so that's when we were looking at when he'd have to be either charged or released mm. and obviously in the course of that uh, that interview all through Friday Gardaí were in touch with the DPP or solicitors there in the DPP's office advising them what they were learning whether they could get a charge against the man uh, as you say then as you were coming off air about 12 o'clock and I think it was Anne Mooney and the, the son who mentioned it first or who came across it first that uh, broke it first that um Gardaí had confirmed that post-mortem, or Dr Bolster had confirmed that post-mortem, that remains were those of Tina Satchwell, and that was done by dental records. Gardaí would have had uh, obtained her dental records, even when she was a missing person investigation, or it was a missing person's investigation, they'd obtained her dental records from uh, her dentist in Formoy, so they were available to Dr Bolster to uh, check at post-mortem. But my understanding is, and not wishing to sort of delve or strain to anything that might be prejudicial, my understanding is that when the remains were found, they were found wrapped in plastic, black plastic, and that was wrapped so tightly that effectively her remains had been mummified to some extent, and they were able to discern a particular tattoo of Tweety Bird that uh, was on the remains sad. in the abdominal area, and that they knew Fina Satchel had such a tattoo, and she That's also sad. had a belly button ring, so everything was pointing towards the remains being her. The dental records obviously then confirmed that, and then as if further proof or uh, they needed the DNA results came back Friday afternoon swabs had been taken from the remains found in the house and they were sent to Dublin forensics, to Forensic Science Ireland they would have had uh, DNA profiles built up from swabs taken from Tina Satchwell or Tina Dingovan's uh, family siblings so they came back and that confirmed it and that all was important of course because if there was going to be a charge and a charge of murder or manslaughter or whatever then Gardy would need to know who was the victim of that that yes. that that, mm. that offence. So that was all coming into place. Then we're back to the situation. The questioning is ongoing. But they send uh, all of that then to the DPP and wait. Is, is that what happens? They, they were, yeah, they've been sending everything to DPP and and, and and waiting back. Meanwhile, they're not the only one waiting. Presser, we're we're sort of waiting. A lot of people have gone to you all uh, just to sort of. I was incorrect in my um, version of events on Friday regarding the court districts. Court District uh, East and North Cork is Court District 20. Cork, which is basically Yall, Tipperary and Warford is Court 21. So any offence happening in Yall has to go to a district court in Court number 21. There wasn't any schedule sitting of that on Friday. So if they'd got a direction back on Friday, they could have gone to the adjacent district, which is Court 20, North and East Cork, and that would have been for my up until 5 o'clock. But they didn't get directions back then. So there was a lot of rumours doing the rounds on... 
Friday evening that possibly there would be a special sitting in either Clonmel or Dungarvan because they're the other courts, main courts in District 21. So uh, a lot of people were waiting in Yall, or it could have been in Yall as well. Uh, a lot of reporters were waiting there. I went to carry tool on the basis that um, if it was Dungarvan and I'd gone to Fermoy, I was snookered, and if it was mm. Clonmel and I went to Yall, I was snookered. Mm. So I sort of waited by photo by Bramley. Um, Lodge Bradley Lodge yeah mm. it was like the sort of desperado waiting for the train mm. there but anyway at about 5 to 8 I got a, a message that uh, he had been charged and that it would be Cashel District Court the following morning so we all uh, headed up the road to Cashel and there was a huge media presence there at about it was half 10 sitting the judge was the judge Miriam Walsh I hadn't uh, encountered her before she's based in Dublin but she's actually a native of Fermoy so there was a large media presence and then obviously at, uh, before 10 o'clock uh, the man solicitor Eddie Burke arrived in and then the man whom no, we all we all knew, but we all saw for the first time in, in a while was Richard Satchel was brought in, mm. and he was brought into court where he was charged with the murder of his head down in head down head in down. handcuffs, um, big guard of presence, and maybe fifteen second clip of him coming into the court. I saw that at the weekend. Um, how did he look? He looked. He was dressed in a black t-shirt and grey cracksuit pants, from what I could say. Uh, he sat in court. He looked relaxed. He was chatting to the guards, and uh, it was a very brief hearing. Uh, we heard evidence of arrest, charge, and caution from um, Detective Garda David Kelleher. And on Friday, I'd mentioned to you that there was an investigation team led by Detective Superintendent Sean Healy and Detective Inspector Henry Toomey. And she, my understanding is from talking sources, was very, uh, very tenacious in this in driving this investigation but the person who did the actual most of the review from my understanding and for this from a few sources was this man Detective Garda David Keller he was in uh, an incident room set up in uh, carry to a guard session for over a year going through reviewing the thing comparing phone records and with statements and checking photographs of the house before and after uh, the house before it was sold uh, uh, to Richard Satchel and afterwards when it was searched by Gardy as part of the missing search missing person search in 2017 so he was the guy who really did the a lot of the 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 drone worker donkey work, I suppose, in the yeah, notice the construction work that had been done. No, the construction the, work, yeah. but he gave evidence, arrest, charge, and caution, and he told how he'd arrested Richard Satchwell at seven thirty-four p.m. on Friday evening for the purposes of charge, and at eight or seven. Uh, PM at Cove Garda session. He was formally charged with the murder of his wife, and the charge is that he did murder uh, Tina Satchwell, 45 year old, contrary to common law, on the 26th of March 2017 at their house uh, at 3 Grattan Street in Yall in County Cork. So he said that uh, when he, Mr. Satchwell was charged after caution, he said guilty or not guilty, and then he paused and then he said guilty. Richard Satchwell said those words. Richard said those words. No, notwithstanding that, the man remains innocent until. Oh no! It's the it response to the charge. That was his response to the charge. Yeah. So, um, Inspector Aidan Lonergan, he's an inspector in Tipperary. He uh, made an application for remanded in custody, and you have to remand for less than seven days, I think, on the first charge. So the next court in that court district 21 is Clonmel tomorrow. So he's appearing there by uh, video link, and I presume it's. Uh, you can't apply for bail in the district court on a murder charge either so uh, Eddie Burke uh, Mr Satchel's solicitor uh, consented to that and he also applied for free legal aid uh, saying that his client was unemployed and he also applied Was that granted? Yeah, yeah. It was granted yeah that was yeah. Judge Walsh granted that he also applied in court 
District 21, the remand prison is Limerick. So he remanded, he asked uh, Judge Walsh, could he be remanded to court prison? But she said that was a matter for the prison authorities. But he's remanded then, as I say, to appear by video link in Clanmel tomorrow. And I presume at some stage it will come back to the next all district court sitting whenever that is later this month and then he'll come into the system and be kept in all. I presume in terms of convenience for everybody, solicitors uh, guardian involved in the case so that was um, that was it was a six minute hearing uh, I, I was timing it, that started a minute past uh, 31 minutes past 10 it was over at 37 minutes past and then he was brought out obviously and uh, taken away to uh, Limerick Prison. But his, but his demeanour and all of that was, uh, you know, nothing relaxed. out of the ordinary, just relaxed. Relaxed that. enough, yeah. He, in, in court, he sat with his hands clasped and his, his, his head bowed. Okay. But um, he, uh, he was relaxed enough there and it was very brief. He was chatting to the, the guards and there was a large presence of detectives there from Middleton and Yall and Fermoy and Cove. Like the Red and Superintendent Adrian Gamble from, from Middleton, who's the district officer in charge of the, the area, he was there as well. So there was a quite a large guard presence and obviously a huge media presence as well, as uh, viewers or listeners will have, will have gathered. Um, just on to sort of for completeness sake, then um, obviously there was a vigil in Yall at two o'clock on, on, on the, the Mal Beach, and I think Seamus, well, Seamus was there, so I think he's going to talk about that. But the other sort of one's outstanding matter, but this what happens to the host or what's going are on are they the finished now down in my, my understanding is that you have to get a warrant to um to search it and like and search it and excavate it was the case in this instance so that warrant they got that extended and that went till saturday sometime and my understanding is and i haven't been known there but i was hearing yesterday that it should have been i was expected to be wrapped up either late saturday or yesterday what's interesting about this is um i was asking some guards oh, what happens say they hadn't found any Trace Tina Satchel there. What would happen to the house and the work that they? Oh done yes, there? you mentioned that on air with me last week uh, yeah, about yeah. its original state. Yeah, the original state, so it has to be restored to its original state. So they, for argument's sake, in a search, we won't say particularly this one, but in a search, they could go in and demolish a property if they're searching and have good grounds for searching. But if they find nothing, they have to restore it to the original order. So if they had gone in and excavated floors as they did in this case and so forth, and they hadn't found any trace of. Uh, Tina Satchwell, then they would have to go and restore it to the its original uh, condition and return it to uh, the owner, Richard Satchwell. Obviously, he would have been out of the house when the work was being done. Um, I think we said on something last week when he was first arrested on the Tuesday and released on the Wednesday, Gardy offered him accommodation somewhere because they were still searching, but he declined that. Now, where he stayed on Wednesday night into Thursday, I'm not sure, but I know he was in Yall and Thursday around. Uh, midday when he was arrested mm. and re-arrested so the house they've had to restore it to what it was and obviously that was a concern to them I think because they had to set aside a budget for that so the fact that they found her remains now means they don't have to replace the floor or anything like that they can just leave it as is they can leave it as is yes yeah. so has any journalist had access or will anybody get access to see the inside uh well, that's an interesting question. I presume it's no longer a crime scene, but it, it's owned by Richard Satchwell. Richard Satchwell presumably is not in a position to give any permission, anyone permission to mm, go mm. in there at the moment. Mm. So um, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but uh, and and the future of it, we like that. All of that depends on a, on a court case, of course. It all depends on a court case, indeed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. So because there was 
remains of Tina Satchwell found uh, in there. Of, evidence of a crime effectively being, uh, well, Gary would say evidence of a crime having been committed there, then that's my understanding is that they don't have to restore it to the condition it was prior to their arrival and search. But had they found nothing, then, you know, they could have taken the place apart in the course of the search. And then they'd have had to put everything back the way it was. And obviously mm. they would have photographed it before they started any work. So they'd have had that as a guide to this is so this looked before we came in with the kangaroo hammers and this is how this looked before we cut down all the well obviously they weren't going to regrow the trees up the back and, mm. and well actually that wasn't his property that's somebody else's property but they would have had to restore it as I say to what it was originally like before and if you just par- if you just park this case completely now for a moment is that is that the same in other countries like the UK or America and I often wonder say for instance if, if, if say for instance uh, I was involved in some horrific crime like that and I, and I, and I decided to, to sell the property. Am I obliged or is anybody obliged to know before they buy, you know, say in America? Um, like in the UK it isn't, but I think in some states and there's in, the, in, in, in the states there's an obligation on the, the realtor, the auctioneer to reveal the history of the building in case. And, you know, you go, say, it's somewhere like London or Dublin or, or any city that's, you know, in, go back 100 years, um, there's a chance there was a really interesting article in the Guardian um, in the last year or two about a chap who bought a house in London and uh, just got curious about it and people said oh well you know what happened there and he started digging back and discovered that uh, 25 years or 30 years previously mm. there had been a murder in the house but there's no obligation in the UK as there isn't here but mm. in the, some states I think New Jersey New York I heard some interview about it a while back and I just thought it was interesting that there is an obligation there to on the vendor to sure. um, Okay. Yeah. to the realtor and then the realtor disclosed to the because you know if you move into a house or something terrible like that has happened you might like to uh, well maybe some people might prefer not to know uh, others might you know it's um, you got to wonder 50-50 whether you would or wouldn't but everything yeah. of course at the moment now is subject to innocent until proven guilty and absolutely, the, and the next stage now is tomorrow by video link video link and I would imagine then we'll get uh, he'll be remanded again in custody he, may very well go to the High Court which is his right to seek um, bail I would imagine Gardy will object whatever the outcome of that is uh, we'll we, we take its course or we'll we find out in due course but he will come back to a Yall District Court appearing at some stage and then eventually um, or at some stage it will become uh, will return to Central Criminal Court for trial and my guesstimate is that that's generally about 8 to 12 months maybe a little longer down the road so we're probably looking at a trial Sometime autumn, I would think, twenty-four. Will that depend on? I mean, will will he be asked? Will he be? Will the charge be put to him by video link tomorrow? Do you think? No, 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 no. It's just a remand by the guardian. Okay, another remand. So it's video link. I mean, this was a brief enough hearing, and I suppose because you can't have apply for bail or defendants in murder charges can't apply for bail you don't get objections to bail outline so they're always very brief hearings anyway this was six weeks or six minutes sorry mm. um, tomorrow video link up usually three or four minutes in, in Cork and I presume Clonmel won't be any different they'll just apply and Eddie Burke will uh, indicate whether he's going to the High Court or not but I mean he'll probably be remanded I'm not sure when the next year all mm. is uh, in uh, actually somebody sent me uh, you all has gone it used to be a Friday court but it's no um, it's no Wednesday and hang on I'll tell you now uh, when you all is next you all is sorry there's so many of them for different Yall districts is Wednesday the second Wednesday and the fourth Wednesday so 
is tomorrow the second Wednesday or sorry is Wednesday this is uh, what are we today this, uh, this Monday Wednesday is the, is the, third, the Wednesday. third Wednesday yeah, yeah. yeah so probably if it's, it's, it's all about the timing that you could have something that allegedly happened in um, in Yall would be sitting at a special district casual district court isn't it um, Yall is a bit of an anomaly in court district terms because every other court in Cork is either in West Cork Cork District 18 North or East Cork uh, Cork District uh, 20 or Cork City sorry 21 no sorry 20 or hang on let me get this right the all is 21 West, yeah. West, yeah West Cork is District number 18 Cork City is District number 19 uh, North and East Cork Mallow for my Middleton is Cork 20 and then you all but you all is the only one that's not within the county it's the only court in the county that isn't uh, that's in with other counties. So As in the reason for casual, yeah. Okay. The reason for casual, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and, and no news of, I did see the Mirror this morning saying that he's under, uh, he's isolated and under special observation with 15-minute checks. Nothing out of the ordinary there? No, there wouldn't be. Okay. The other thing I suppose I should say as well, our understanding is that um, Mr. Satchel's solicitor work, they've waived, they would have a right, or defendants in these cases would have a right to... Um, carry out their own post-mortem examination on the remains. My understanding is that they waived that right, so the body would be or should be released to the family shortly and presumably we'll, we'll know about funeral arrangements later in the week. And obviously there was a vigil in uh, Yawn on Saturday and there's another in the town park for the poor woman uh, in Fermoy tonight at 6 o'clock. Okay. I have, more, I have audio from Yawn at the weekend and we also will be uh, covering the visual in Fromoy as well tonight. God rest her soul. Thank you, Barry, as always. Much obliged to you for the update. We're up to date. Barry wrote something correspondent with the Irish Times. And so to you all after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 106. Cork's Red FM. And uh, shortly after um, the news was updated, say for instance on Friday night with regards to a charge, Tina's heartbroken sister, Teresa Dingovan, uh, lovely, lovely family, beautiful people up in Fromoy. She posted on Facebook after it emerged that her sister's remains had been identified. She said, RIP to my beautiful sister Tina, you can rest now, love. We found you. I love and miss you. You are now with mum. Fly high, my beautiful angel. Give mum a big hug. You will always be with me. Now, while their hearts are absolutely broken, of course they are, there must be some sense of relief. Um, and you can kind of feel the relief in the words of uh, Teresa Dingovan there when she says, we found you. And that was so important to the family, as I say. And so then to the events at the weekend, particularly on Saturday, a vigil down in Yaw, where the beautiful people of Yaw came out to pay their respects. Seamus was there. They're saying about 200, perhaps a little bit more. Um, it, how would you just... It was very sombre, but a real coming together. Yeah, I was there for uh, two o'clock on uh, Saturday. Saturday. Um, I, I got there a little bit earlier because I know News Talk wanted a, a few bits from us as well. And um, like there was nobody around. And then suddenly at about five to two, there was a big crowd. Where? Um, arrived. It was just there at the Mal Beach. Right next to the to the courthouse, uh, it's as close to um, Tina's Grattan Street, Grattan yeah. Street home. Um, but we were looking at. I was talking to other media that were there because I find it very hard to actually gauge numbers of of people um, because there were candles right around the wall, all the ways around uh, 
the, the mal wall there and there were people maybe two or three deep um, I thought there were maybe 300 or, or odd but uh, the consensus there from a few people uh, within that would be going to a lot of big events they, they calculated it to be about 200 Okay, we're going to we're going to hear your audio and, and thank you from it for it but um, I have heard it already um, and I got the impression that th- these people who were there may not have even known her but did see her a lot well, quite a lot, and like there was one couple that I spoke to came all the ways from uh, North Cork to actually uh, be there with the people of y'all because they actually have a holiday home in the mm. caravan park there mm. and they spend six months of the year there. So they kind of feel part of the East Cork community as well. Um, there were quite a number of people that didn't know Tina, but they were there in solidarity to pay their respects pay their respects and show some support to the Dingiven family um, who have now got at least some answers as to what happened Tina and where yeah, she, they say where they, she is. they use the term closure but there's never yeah. closure I mean it, it's, a, it's a consolation to them but nobody could have closure in something so tragic as this no but at least they after uh, after today uh, after the events um last week at least they have somewhere where they can go and grieve okay okay thank you for that Seamus and so um, Seamus was down there as we say you heard us chat about that the vigil was on Saturday it was led by Father Bill Birmingham uh, the local priest Lovely ladies. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Um, what encouraged you to come out here today? Oh, just to support their family, really, to be honest with you. Because they really and truly needed it this time. And to let them know they were all thinking about them. And that she could be finally put to rest. And did you know Tina? No, no unfortunately. Just no see you walking out the beach with dogs. Whatever she was wearing, the dogs were wearing the same. She had a match in her, and it was lovely to see. And she always went out to Green Park with them. She loved it, you know. It was a very, very sad time. Like, and good it? for their for Very sad. And what was the mood like when the news broke on Tuesday here? Oh, there, there was a doom and gloom over the whole town, like. There really was, you know. And and doom and gloom, but at the same time... No, I didn't, I just... We were, I mean, we were very thankful to the girls and everything, what they done. They done an outstanding job. They were absolutely brilliant. We were very, very proud of them, to be honest with you. I, I think at least they can put it to rest now and, and move on with their lives. Like, it's, it's horrible never knowing, not knowing where she was or anything like that. Like. So it's just fantastic for the family and the whole town are thrilled for them, you know. So. Y'all doesn't want to be known for this. Y'all, you know, y'all is a very quiet, peaceful town and it's the last thing we want to be known for. You're very community folk from yeah. all my years coming down here and and that's shown here as well the community spirit with the hundreds of people here yeah it was lovely and quite a lot didn't know her but knew of her after she disappeared what has been going through your heads for the last six and a half years just awful it's the not knowing it's her family it's just, not knowing the family. It's just the not knowing part you know but at least hopefully the family will get some bit of closure now and it's just awful. It's just... 
we're the mobile homes up in Yall Hill and we're supporting the people of Yall because we've been here for years, you know. Yeah. That's why I'm Tina Sassel is from Yall and we've been spending most of the year down in Yall. So you feel kind of a part of the community. Well, well, you are because well, we are because we're here six months. It's your second day. home. We're here six months. Away. And did you did you know her in any, in no, any I didn't way? No, the lady. No, I didn't. I never met the lady. No, no. But we just probably should come along to support the people here because we're here most of the year anyway. You don't know. You hear so many different stories of us after coming out and. I suppose people just want to know exactly what happened, I suppose, in the end. But at least, you know, it's kind of... It's more the family that they're after getting a piece of mind now that they know that they can finally bury her properly, like, you know? It's a family I feel sorry for all these years, going through everything they went through, like, you know? It's tough, like. And what's the mood around town at the moment? I, I think it's fairly somber, you know? But uh, I, I say, in some ways, they're glad it's come to an end, you know? It's been hanging over the town for a long time. It's so sad, though, uh, I like taking away so soon. My son is married to a first cousin of hers. Okay. Living in Cork, which we know very well, like. She only lived just on, living there in my lane, and she lived just a few years away from me, like. Yeah. Beautiful woman. And what type of person was Tina? Because we we get a sense that she was, she loved her style. She was handsome looking, very good looking woman. Very good looking she said, no, you're fine. Thank God she was found. After six and a half years, it's a long time, really, isn't it? There are no words to describe the pain in our hearts right now. Tina, if we, if we knew the last time we met was going to be our last, we would have hugged you extra tight. She would put a smile on everyone's face. She loved positivity. Everyone that loved and knew her will cherish the moments they spent with you. Fly high, our angel. You will always be in our hearts. From the Dingaman, the Dingavans, her family in Fermoy. So as I say, we uh, join our prayers, especially for Tina's family. And I would like as well that we would spare a thought for her neighbours here along the Mall and Grattan Street because it's a very distressing time for them to have known that such a, an occurrence had happened in their midst and that Tina lay um, not properly buried uh, so close to them for this time. So uh, one of the things I suppose that we are reminded of is that we are a people who respect human life and we are a people who show dignity to the dead. And those values have been uh, spurned by the crime that was committed. And we need to ask God's blessing on our beautiful town, our beautiful parish once again. Thank you very much. If you'd like to leave the candles around the, the, the walls of the beach, um, just as a symbol of... The light shines in the darkness. And the candles shone in the darkness. Did we ever think that we would arrive at this day or at this juncture where uh, Tina Satchwell would be soon reunited and back with her family? Show, Red FM. It was uh, just some texts and emails, if you don't mind, guys. I'll come back to calls. My apologies to Martin. I'll get to it in a second. But there was one story that I wanted to mention because I found the whole thing just so sad. It was a court report from Liam Healan. Uh, I'm paraphrasing much of it because it's a lengthy court report. It was at the Cork Circuit Appeals Court. There was a girl by the name of Martina O'Sullivan was appealing 
against sentences of five months and nine months now. She's an advanced paramedic. She, and I mentioned this in particular because I've been talking a lot about, um, you know, uh, painkilling drugs and prescri- pre- prescription drugs that sadly can be quite dangerous. And we have talked a lot about OxyContin. Uh, and if you thought that OxyContin wasn't here, it has been here for quite some time because it's actually a prescription medication. But it's when it falls into the wrong hands or people become very heavily addicted to it, uh, like we see in America. It's a scourge in America. Anyway, she's an advanced paramedic and she became addicted to the pain-killing drug OxyContin. Um, Liam Healan in the court report says she avoided jail sentences. Um, she forged a prescription and she drove while under the influence of cocaine. Um, and she's been cooperating completely now and is along the road now in her rehabilitation. Um, She'd been sentenced to five months for several offences, including repeatedly driving under the influence of cocaine and having no insurance. But you have to look deeper into the story and you have to look deeper into the background. Um, She uh, was, you might recall uh, an incident where a motorist on the Cork Mallow Road um, was driving on the wrong side of the road and driving erratically. Thankfully, nobody got hurt and there, there wasn't a crash and many motorists managed to get out of the way. And that was fabulous. Um, but the judge did impose uh, sentencing on Martino Sullivan from Mallow. Dangerous driving, no assurance, drug driving, possession of diamorphine, which is heroin for her own use. Um, but she qualified as, a, as an advanced paramedic and she was based at Mallow Hospital for a period Uh, And she had her own Jeep and she would travel in that Jeep to emergency situations as an advanced paramedic. And there was one occasion that she was dealing with a man who fell under machinery on a farm and he went into a diabetic coma. uh, And she was trying to treat the patient in this situation and he rolled over and she got crushed between him and the machine. Awful pain, right? And she was put on medication. She was put on OxyContin. Um, and she was on it for, for two years. And that led then to a spiral of all sorts of issues in her life uh, from one catastrophe to the next, uh, you know, all sorts of issues. Thankfully now, and, and it, her defence counsel said before OxyContin, she hadn't got as much as a parking ticket. And since all of this, she has stabilised from Oxy, uh, but she has a long road ahead of her. So I just mentioned that because it gives you an example of the consequences of something as powerful and as addictive as Oxycontin and uh, the road that unfortunately some people are led down as a consequence to it. In spite and no, you know, you know, thankfully nobody nobody was hurt on the Mallow Road incident driving the wrong way, and thankfully with that something to be. Uh, to be very much cognizant of. It could have been an awful lot worse. But it's just one of those stories that you hear. And when you look into it then and there's more behind the story, you see, you know, the, the reasons why somebody ends up in turmoil in their life like that. Um, a lot of response then. I read many of the texts on Friday regarding my conversation with uh, Michal Martin uh, of somebody. Uh, Dennis says by text, I do feel that you should have pushed him more on the immigration issue regarding examples of how he is disregarding the Irish in favour of immigrants. Um, who choose to leave other safe European countries and destroy their legal documentation just so that they can benefit from our welfare system. Uh, however, you did question and counter-question them an awful lot more than other presenters ever would. Uh, well, thank you for that, Dennis. Can I just say, I didn't want to go down that road because I have absolutely no issue in the wide earthly world with people who come here to live or settle down or start a new life here. We all came from somewhere. Nor do I have issues with um, um, Ukrainian refugees who have come over uh, from Ukraine to flee war. The big issue, of course, that I just wanted to deal with on Friday was the actual cost and breaking down the cost. It is uh, north of 5,500 million euro. 
when you add up next year, this year and last year. Um, and I, I'm just saying that m- there must be a better way because it's imp- this is not sustainable. Uh, we must come up with a better plan. Uh, there seems to be a lot of public uh, support waning now to the situation as it is. And others like you think of, you know, others being favoured above the Irish. I get that. Actually, Richie says, while Micheál Martin was sneering at uh, President Trump, um, well, you know, he was, he was, I don't think he was sneering. He was just making some, you know, a com- I suppose comparisons on Friday's programme. Um, Richie says, we should really ask ourselves if the world is a better place now or when President Trump was in office. Remember when Afghanistan was free from the Taliban? I do. Remember when there was no war in Ukraine? I do. Remember when Trump's Abraham Accords were bringing peace in the Middle East? I do. Every horror President Trump predicted has come to pass since he left office. Remember how they laughed when he predicted Germany's and the EU's energy crisis because of our alliance on oil and gas from Russia? I do, says he. Um, Michael Martin is quite, another one. Michael Martin is quite happy for Irish people to leave and be replaced with foreigners. Um, we are just the good boys of Brussels. We are the best boys in the house. Uh, people fleeing war-torn France and the UK to come here. Albania, Georgia and Nigeria are not war-torn countries. You shouldn't let them get away with talking this kind of nonsense. Why are supposed Ukrainians here getting so much compared to other European countries? He seems to be delighted the population is growing so much following orders from Brussels or would that be deemed now as nothing more than hate speech? So thank you for those. Keep them coming. Text 0868 My conversation with Paul Traveau then out of Killarney um, saw a massive response by text. So I want to get to those and lots more besides between now and, uh, and midday. But I want to talk about the Shandon Bells after the break. There's a petition now. People are being asked to sign. Uh, it says significant adverse impact from tourist bell ringing. There are over 970 bell tolls in one hour. Over 100 songs are played in one day. You could have 3,000 plus bell tolls on a busy day. And we are getting no peace seven hours a day, seven days a week, including Sundays and bank holidays. Um, and the idea behind this petition is to take action and something to be done about tourists. Not the chimes on the quarter or the half or the hour, but the tourists and the songs and the tunes that they play day in and day out. Are the neighbours up and around Shandon distracted by it? Uh, text 0868104106 after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Beautiful bells. And that's all very well until you got tourists up there clanging away on the bells with their version of Amazing Grace. Raindrops keep falling on my head. The lion sleeps tonight. It doesn't really work on the Shandon bells, I would think. Hey, Jude, the boys of Fair Hill. The Bells of Shandon, obviously. Um, And that's just a selection. Apparently, there are a lot more besides. But it's having a significant adverse impact. But on who is it having a significant adverse impact? 
Well, he's not under the Shandon Bells. He's worked there for many a long year. Uh, Martin Duggan, the cobbler on Shandon Street. Martin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. <laughs> I, I would, I would suggest uh, that you probably can't hear them as you're cobbling away, can you? Well, like, well uh, you know, I lived in Shandon Street as a child, you know, at seven years of age. you know, And even prior to that, my father had a shop there. So I was in Shandon Street all my life. I slept there, you know, listening to, the, you know, Shandon Bells. So, um, I think you just fil- you just filter her out, and uh, they're they're a lovely sound. Um, uh, as I said, uh, I lived slept there. I'm now in the shadow of um, the Shannabel still, and you were when tourists play it, you'd hear it, and it doesn't bother me at all. You know, it's um, I haven't noticed a significant rise in bell playing. I know there's a lot more tourists around now because of the. Um, the, the cruisers and whatever. Yeah, and they're being then, encouraged online. I was Googling it all last night and there's TripAdvisor right. stuff and an awful lot of bloggers are talking Ooh. about visiting Cork and recommending yeah. to go up there. Yeah. Like, there, there, are, there are signs by the ropes that say, please respect our neighbours and the church by not ringing the bells Ooh. excessively. But here are the songs Ooh. for you to ring for your enjoyment. <laughs> so they're, like, it, it's, it's kind of contradictory. Like, do they want them to play a tune or not? Uh, but, yeah, but you know you can't please there could be kids up there and you know they're playing and what are they supposed to do go up and say you know you pay to go up to ring the bells then you can't oh you can't ring them I, I, I appreciate like it, is all, it has always been that way you, you know it's part of the history it's part of the area you know there's they, an old saying if you don't like the heat get out of the kitchen you know but the, the, the bells were there before any of the residents that, that might be complaining over to 300 that. years right yeah, absolutely, you know. And um, so they're part of our history. They're a tourist attraction. You, you, uh, and interesting, you know, a lot of famous people rang the bells, you know, being Crosby, you know, Paul Newman, Adams, you know, so like uh, John Denver, lots of people. Larlan you know, Hardy climbed I, I up think, there. I, I think Larlan Hardy did. I, I'm actually looking at a list there now. I think this list was given by Alex Manning, who was a great um, senior guide up there at the time. He was a gas character. And he used to always, any time the kids wanted to ring the bells, oh, why not be going, never charge us, you know. And we used to go up and he'd always have stories and he'd chat. But um, I, I, I just in the back of my head, Larlan Hardy done it as well. But they used to do it when they used to come from the you know to the Savoy the, the film yeah. Uh, festival yeah yeah it was and a big that, it was a big black and white event up, yeah. Yeah. up they go and they do it but it's 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 part of our history I'm still I'm still in the, shan- the shadow of Shandon you know uh, what bugs me more than uh, I have the door closed now speaking to you because of the traffic you know the, the sounds of traffic and all that but, but if you lived around the lanes there right or lived up around the Butter Exchange or down around Mulgrave Road and areas like that very adjacent to it you know um, you, you'll be much. You'll be. They'd be right on top of you. So, if you Ooh. have, if you have tourists, and I imagine it's worse in the summer. They're saying nine hundred and seventy bell tolls in one hour, a hundred different songs played in one day. Surely that is torture for somebody who's trying to yeah. live or sleep or work in the area. Yeah, yeah well, when they're the, no, I can hear the bells when they're being rung, right? And uh, the, the, those figures, are, uh, I'm not disputing now, but you must remember a bell ring is only a second, half a second, right? So even a thousand is only, you know what I mean? It, but know, it, would it not be like listening to a bad busker or a busker? A bad, but, I, I know it's, but it has always been that way, you know. As I said, I lived at the bottom of Church, Church Street, right on Shannon Street, 
Exactly, and I'd hear, I'd hear them. And it, it, that's when the Americans used to come here all the time. And it, said, it, it, never, it never really bothered me. But look, if someone is, is, is annoyed about it or whatever, obviously the sensible thing to do now would be interesting to see what kind of petition. There's a few thousand people live in Shannon Street, Shannon, in the Shannon area. And I'd be interested to see how many people object to it. And if they do, the sensible thing to do would be approach to, Like, they're some of the most approachable people. The Shannon, they have a committee, and you have Marissa and Mary up there. And they're lovely, you know. Anytime you go up there, they bend over backwards. Are they based in, in St. Mary's and St. Anne's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the, the guides there now, you know. Yeah, no, we've been and in touch with them. I'm just waiting yeah, on an update to see if they're, if yeah, they're yeah. saying anything on the matter. But it says, we're taking action soon and we need your help as soon as possible. If you're interested in doing something about the Bells, join other households in the neighbourhood in making a complaint. And then there's an email address which we have contacted for comment, but we haven't heard anything back from them as of yet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, again, yeah, yeah. Would it be under noise pollution, perhaps, or something? Well, look, that's the thing about it, is the substance there, right? Because how many people are complaining about it? Don't know. I, I don't know how many people would have got in touch over it. And I'm just wondering, would we have a significant amount of people who have moved to Cork and come to Cork and live in that area, but, you know, wouldn't have their roots or understand the culture or the heritage of them, and they're just hearing bell ringing, um, and, and, they, and they kind of wouldn't know the history of the 300-year bells, you know? Well, maybe, but, but, but like that, 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 as I said, like that's part of it. If you don't like to get out of the kitchen, like the bells were there before they were. Do you, you recall know, any I, of the tunes? Would you call any of the tunes that the tourists are? I do. I, 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 I just remember ringing the, the bells of Shannon. I, I just, you know, what you just kind of remember is you open, there's a plastic, um, you know, that, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of laminated, and there's a book, and you fold, you fold through them. And then you just you pull you your, your you pull tune. the number you 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 pull you put you pick your tune you pull the the, the numbers I I I can remember when them um, they they were commemorating um uh the, the, the uh Rory Gallagher uh, his death they were playing the do you remember that you were involved in it they were playing tunes all over all over the the city. In the churches, they were ringing the bells, yeah. and they were to play a particular tune. And his, his, uh, I remember his nephew Ian Gallagher came up. He was a brilliant guitarist as well, and he was to go up to play the Shannon and the numbers. And he was saying, "Where's the notes?" And they said, "There's no notes. There's numbers." You know? <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I was so reading it this morning that you can play the final countdown by Europe. Now, come on! I don't want to be necessarily living yeah. next to Shannon, hearing the final <laughs> countdown. Well, look, I'd be, as I said, I'd be interested if, 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 if a lot of people, you know, if this, if the person who started this campaign or whatever, this petition, if he gets a lot of signatures and he approaches, you know, this, this notion of silencing the bells is nonsense. But uh, I'm sure if he approached, if he approached them, they can, you know, they, and if there's genuine concerns and people are. Um, you know, it, it is doing people's uh, a, a lot of people's heads in. Well, I'm going to you try know, and find. I'm, I'm going to try and find out this morning. And uh, I know Seamus is going to head up there later on to talk with some of the locals. But tell me this: Does yeah. it ring on the hour as well, and still ring on the quarter yeah, hour? I think I, I think it used right. And it's funny enough. I was saying this to Seamus this morning. I often had this conversation with people. Right? When you live in a metropolis, when you live in, in, in an area like Shannon, like I was grew up, I become immune to noise. You know, it, it just felt, you know, when you, be, uh, again, you see, if you, uh, and you I, I remember it. chatting to somebody, yeah, yeah, I, I remember chatting to people before, you know, whose relatives or whatever had moved from the country to the city. 
and they would hear a pin drop at night. You become accustomed to it. Oh, I just no, it just taught you just you just if you live in because if you live in a city like this, you just filters in. Maybe people, as you said, who from came from the country. <laughs> They, they just never get. They'll never get used to the noise. All right. I hope you get accustomed to the noise, the traffic there, though, Martin. <laughs> I do. It's 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 part of it. I, sometimes you'd, you'd be amazed. I'd have to. I actually have headphones. <laughs> sometimes when I'm on a call, <laughs> I, I put the headphones on because of the traffic. You know. So it's uh, it's crazy. You know? All right. Let me talk to some other people. I appreciate well, you taking the call. Uh, Neil, Neil, sorry. Just, just one thing very quickly before I go. I remember you started a campaign before, but another campaign that might be interesting, uh, I often thought I'd mention it, is the floodlighting in Shandon. It's terrible. Is it? It used, to be sponsor, it used to be sponsored before. And if you ever go up to Bell's Field, I do a little bit of photography. You go up to Bell's Field uh, and you look at St. Finbar. St. Finbar, St. Finbar lit up completely. And Shandon isn't. And it used to be sponsored. I don't know if you remember... So you it don't was, see um, it in the dark then anymore? No, 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 you don't. But and, it used to uh, shine it, out brightly it, after dark. It, it did. When Murphy sponsored it, there was a, a photograph taken of it and it was for Murphy Stout and people, there was a calendar made of it and it was beautiful. Murphy sponsored it for a while. Oh, now, right. it's not the church, It's not the church's remit who uh, they can't afford it to floodlight it. But if there was anybody... But the floodlights are the there. They could be switched on if there but, was... Uh, if there was no, 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 they're ju- no, no, they're just, uh, there's only just one very weak light. You know, you need someone to sponsor So when the floodlights were shining on it, where were they shining from? Oh, well, they'd be shining from underneath us. You know, yeah, so, so, so they are there. I don't think that they are. No, they need to be. They need to be replaced. Oh, they need to be that's re- a shame. Re- re- okay. Well, let, let, let's see if we can if, maybe if, get if, something. If anybody's on. interested in spon- if anybody's interested in, in sponsoring it, who doesn't mind listening to the bells? <laughs> it's just a notion I thought I'd say to you when we were on about the bells. All right. Okay. okay. A lot of common sense from Martin Duggan, the cobbler, in the sense that he's saying, "What do you expect if you live next to Shandon Bells?" Martina, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Just one quick thing for you before you I have a chat with you. We were in touch with um, Shandon Church this morning uh, and the Reverend has spoken with the Bishop on the matter and they are not making any comment at the moment. They're waiting for the protest group's next move but they do have upcoming maintenance of the bells in place as well so they're well looked after. So we're not saying anything for now. Your thoughts? I think it's an absolute load of rubbish to be fair. Like, as I, I said in my actual Facebook comment that time, I mean, it's there about 200 years. Yeah. Somebody just didn't wake Closer up Closer to morning 300, and, oh, actually. Closer yeah. to 300. Well, I, yeah, I was going in or about that, that amount of time. But, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You've, 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 this is synonymous all over the world. People are coming all over the world to do it. And to be honest, it's the most relaxing tone. I'm loving it. I only ever did it once and I'm 63. And it was the most exciting thing to play the bells. It was I could actually play music. Exciting for it's, you, it was, but what about those that live beneath and around it or within a couple of okay. hundred yards of it? Those people that are living within a couple of hundred yards of it, the old families that were there, sick classic men and houses brought down, everybody that bought a house in 300 years knew of the existence of the bells. They're one of the eight wonders of the world. People come to Ireland 
and then to well, we we wish they should be one of the eight wonders of the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we t- well, we in Cork think it's the eight <laughs> wonders of the world, so it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. <laughs> we're all we're always right here in Cork. <laughs> but ser- but seriously, I mean, what but, but the older generations of the families that you talk about, perhaps they're gone or they've died off, and now there is a new generation, the next gen, who have moved into that area. But it's just, yeah, but it still brings me me back to the to, to the very prevalent thing. When you come to look for a house, what's the first thing you do? You look at the area, you you check different things about it. You just don't go into a house because it's a house. So the most important thing that you, you do is, is your research. With the traffic, the noise, the research, the engineer. So like even if somebody came from out of Spares to Cork, they'd know that these bags are there 300 years. And the irony... They are, but it's, that, it's not. That, it's different. What's the irony? Sorry. The, the irony is that we're just after raising 270,000 to put bells back into the cathedral, which is a stone's throw from... So are they next? Is I, that the next petition? I, I, are you talking about the North Chapel? Yeah. Wow, that's big money, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. That's all over. That's been... Uh, that's... Was, there was a big ceremony there. We, we, we as the choir, I mean... The well done, choir, well done. But we, we, yeah, no. we sang there, and like that, even like that... Some of the songs, Neil, Neil Tobin, God rest him, asked when he was getting the freedom for the cathedral choir to sing Shandon Bells. We, we sang it there for some other um, guy that, that did a, a different one, you know, the new one about the fish. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's been played a lot. No, but I, I know the Bells of Shandon as, as the song goes and what have you, and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. But, it, you know, and the Bells have rang for hundreds of years, but I'm not so sure how long tourists or people from... You know, car can go up and 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 ring out. Say, for instance, um, raindrops keep falling on my head. How long that's been allowed? Yeah, but the t- the thing is that if they're saying it's rung a thousand times, that means there's a thousand tourists going up there per day. No, I wouldn't believe that for a second because I'm within stone's throw of Shandon, and I hear the bells now and again, and I hear the tune now and again. If I'm hanging up clothes or what do you hear? What tune is the most popular? Or do you even well, know? actually, no, no, no. I, I don't, to be honest. Amazing Grace? I, I, I just think, I know, I just actually, yeah, Amazing Grace is definitely played on it. But I mean, it, I, I think I find it uplifting. It, it cheers me up in the morning. And as I say, I'm not living too far from it. Let me talk to Maria, so, if you don't mind. Thank you for that. Thank you, Martina. Maria, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, what, do you what do you think of this petition? Um... Does the tourist bell ringing affect you too? And if so, join our petition to, I guess, have them silenced. Yeah, I only found out about it there on Friday afternoon. Um, an old neighbour's granddaughter tagged me in the post on Facebook and I was livid. Um, like, I grew up there. I lived there for 30 years under the bells, do you know what I mean? And, like, it was just, you know, every day they were just like you were home, do you know what I mean, when you heard the bells? Um, and like we played in the, like Shandon was our playground we played in the, gra- the graveyards I know now we shouldn't have had why not sure like that's what kids only, did exploring yeah it was yeah. the only green space that we had so that's where we played and Alex the man that used to look after Shandon like he used to leave the scene and we'd go up and we'd ring the bells we'd go up on the balcony and no, when you rang just, the bells, I'm just just curious from a nostalgia point of view. Did you just yeah. just ring them any old way, or were you playing a tune? No, they used to be like little boards there, and they'd have like the tunes marked out in numbers, and the bells were numbered, and you pulled the rope then accordingly. How long has that been in place? Those the ropes numbered and the tunes there? Do you think? 
Well, I remember it from a very early age anyway, so I'd say going back before that. But, like, it just makes me mad that, like, people can come in and, you know, it's part of Cork. It's, you know, it's been around hundreds of years, and then all of a sudden they want it stopped. I mean, I mean, you do get immune to them, do you know what I mean? So I don't understand why they're saying that it's annoying them and whatever like you know because they're used to them playing all the time yeah I love the way you put it they were the soundtrack to your childhood but did they, they did, did they did do they stop at night I mean did you sleep through the night or would they ring at one and two and three and four in the morning honestly I don't remember <laughs> heard them ringing during the night but they probably did do you know what I mean but like you just do you know like you not institutionalized but you just get used to it you know it was just part of your life and like where I'm living now in Balavalan, if the wind blows a certain way during the day, I can hear the bells and it just, I just feel like I'm home. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, there's something just beautiful about them and they call to you, like, yeah, you know? But a bad rendition of somebody who hits loads of bum, bum notes while, while trying to play Amazing Grace, that could be a head wreck. That could be a slow it torture could, for people. But, yeah, but like, you know, the, the tourist season is so short. Do you know what I mean? And like, the people in the Shandon area at the moment, they're doing an awful lot of work cleaning it up. I see it there every week on Facebook, you know. There's a volunteer group go out and look after it and whatever. And it's part of our heritage. It's our culture, do you know what I mean? And, like, people, I can honestly... Well, I don't know, but I'm sure that they're not from Cork. You think you that know, they could I have think... moved to the area and there will be a new generation have made it home yeah. but don't understand yeah. the significance of it and only hear nuisance no. value from it? Yeah, definitely. And like there is generations of my family grew up under the Shandon Bells and I have friends, you know, my friends, their families grew up there. It was generation after generation and you know the way the houses were passed down to yeah. families. Yeah. Like. And I want to talk to Yorick about that actually because he grew up on Mulgrave Road. But it's it's only about yeah. the tourist bell ringing that they want stopped, not the chimes of Shandon itself. But sure, look, Neil, it's only for a few months of the year, really, when you put it into perspective, that it's really, really busy, like, you know, and they're like, right, you can hear someone and they say, oh, they hit the wrong note or whatever, or, do you know what I mean? And they try that now again, and you'll hear people start, you could even get used to the like, they're starting again because they hit a bum note. Yeah, you know but like, I mean? that's fine, but if you have that all day with people hitting a wrong note and they're trying to correct it and they're going back and they stop and then they, I wish I had musical examples of it actually, but I think you know what I mean, yeah. where, where they're struggling and some misfortune is in their home listening to this person who firstly is playing Amazing Grace, yeah. but secondly, can't even get it right. I know, but look, it's it's our culture, Neil. Do you know what I mean? And if anyone in short that grew up under there, I know all my friends as well. Like you know, it was just part of our life. Okay, what about a counter you petition, know? a second petition to leave them as oh, they I'm are? I'm telling you, <laughs> we were only saying the other day we'd be chaining ourselves to the railings if they go near us. <laughs> I, I mean it. I know. No, I know I, you do. I know you do. I'm adamant about it. Like they are not getting away with this. Do you know uh, what I mean? There okay. is no way they're touching it. Will you keep an eye on this for me on Facebook and on social from Marie Maria and report back to I me will. as how it's going? Please do now, right? I really yeah, will be relying on Alright girl, talk again in the next no, few days. Kieran Barry, Yorick, good morning. Did you grow up on Mulgrave Road? 
I did, Neil, yeah. But would you please try to stop or stop trying to find <laughs> excuses or reasons to justify them being stopped? <laughs> and I'm trying to picture... No, listen. I love Cork. Don't get me wrong. It's part of our heritage. But I don't live up there. Um, and if I wasn't from here and moved in and bought a property... No, actually rented a flat, say, for instance, in the area. And you have somebody struggling to pick the right bells followed by another person struggling trying to pick the right bells I keep going on about Amazing Grace it could equally be Hey Jude or it could be The Lion Sleeps Tonight it must be torturous not really to be honest with you number one if you're going up to rent a flat up there you'll hear the bells anywhere so you can decide whether to take the flat or look elsewhere but if you're living there for long enough you don't hear the bells it's just it's in the background you don't hear them I grew up there I never heard the bells, really. Well, I hear them, but you wouldn't consciously hear them, like, you know? It's not as if you'd hear them, get a shock from them and say, oh, the bells, it just, was just part of life. Yeah, you don't hear them. We just, like, we just don't hear them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up there. My first house I bought was next to a railway line. I knew there was a railway line there. And I lived there and just, you'd never hear a train. That's, At the start, yes, but that, after a while you wouldn't hear yeah, it. Yeah, you know? and that's what Martin Duggan is saying, you know. Don't move into a property next to Shandon and not expect to hear the bells. But these are tourist bell ringing. <laughs> it's not the yeah, chime I've, on I've, the I've, hour. I've, I've heard them and I mean, I heard people try to strangle some tunes. You know? Strangle is a uh, good word, yeah. Um, but, you know... Again, if you are looking at a property to buy a property or rent a property, the bells are there. They've been there long before these people have been there. So it's their decision to buy or rent a property. If they don't like it, go somewhere else. Is it, is it a bit like, you know, don't buy a house near a school and then crib that everybody is passing and parking outside your door picking up their kiddies? Like, it's part. 100%, yeah. 100%. I see down here in Glanmire, down in St. Joseph's Yard at certain times. Just don't avoid the area. And there are people living there, but again... They knew there was a school there. School was there before they bought the house. Have you been keeping an eye on the petition, though, and the responses to it and the to, comments? To be honest, when I spotted it at the weekend... Because you sent it to me originally, and thank you for that. You thought yeah. it was what? I, I thought it was a joke. I generally thought is this? it was a joke. I, I still question, is it a joke, or is it someone just having a wind-up? Um, like, I know some of the guys who commented on it, and there would be guys that would have grown up around that area, East and Hill and stuff like that, like, you know... So uh, I was on uh, uh, Corkonians far and away, one of these things, and I thought someone was doing it just to get a reaction, you know? But it looks like a poster, doesn't it? It looks like a photo. Oh, yeah, when I saw the poster and I, I saw there's an email address on it. Yeah, yeah, and we've contacted like, that I'd email. Like to get someone from the campaign to come on. Well, abs- well I've only got one email address and I'm still awaiting a response. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but but um, what, what are the comments like? Well, I haven't seen any comment. To, to back up the campaign. Everyone is saying, you know, the bells are 350 years old and they're justified to be ringing them. So it could be just phone. a solo run that won't pick up any traction? I'd find it hard to, to, for it to get traction, to be honest. I mean, if you've got a handful of people that live in the area, new to the area, would come behind it, maybe, I don't know. But I can't see anything done about it. I can't see how it would... Anyway, the the, um, the law states, I, I could be correct on this, but I think between the hours of, I think, 8 and 5, you can't have an issue with noise pollution. Regarding anything or regarding the Bells of Shandon well, and Tour? Well, anything, like kangaroo hammers or that kind of stuff, like, you know. 
eight, that's eight in the morning to five o'clock I, I, in the I, evening. As as I know, no, um, I which means that you can or... turn up the volume on your um, ghetto blaster at home or whatever, your big bass boom, and just drive the neighbours mad and they can do nothing about it kind of thing. Well, as far as I know, but you can fact check it if you want to. Like, you know, but I know guys in the building line and be on site waiting for a minute to, eight to start the kangaroo handle board, like, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Let's see what other people think of the matter. But if somebody you well, agree- I, I generally think, Neil, though, honestly, if someone was living in the area for a while, like, you just would not hear those bells. Yeah, but if yeah, I don't, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I think. The, 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 I, I mean, I have, I have been up and around there, and I love the sound of them. But to use your word, I've heard people strangling tunes up there, and I said to myself, "God Almighty, would they ever pull that person away from those bells?" <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, I do. But the only thing that stops, sorry enough, as well. Do you know what I mean? It's only open for limited hours per day for tourists. It keeps the crows away anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, my man, we got more calls on the way. Thank you, Yorick. He first sent me the poster there over the weekend. I actually thought, too, is this April 1st or whatever, but it looks genuine to me. Uh, calls on the way, Caroline, after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. Okay, anybody listening this morning up and around Shandon, is there any tourist bell ringing going on right now? I'll talk to Caroline in just one second, but we did manage to find about 23 seconds of a tourist ringing the bell, playing a tune on the bell. Now, I had to listen to it during the ad break, and while I was hearing the tourist ringing the bells, I couldn't work out the tune. All is revealed at the end of the 23 seconds, so let's see if you can pick out the actual tune that's been rung. That is not raindrops keep falling on my head. Caroline, it's just... Hi, Neil. How are you? It's just not. I mean, did you pick up... That just, to me, is just just bell ringing. Yeah, I wouldn't have picked up um, that song. Okay, so you lived on Church Street, up over your parents' pub. Yeah. Okay. What's the pub and where is it? Uh, It's on Church Street, so it'd be right at the steps. So if you came up Mulgrave Road yeah. and came around um, by the bus, um, by the exchange, and then you're on to Sh- uh, the Shandon Steps, it's a, uh, you drive down, then it brings you on to Shandon Street. Yeah. Oh, Kionix. Yeah, uh, There's a few. Oh, there, there, there used to be a few pubs there, didn't there? Yeah, there was a pub next door, and then there was another pub at the corner. Like they were. Jack all Ford's open. is on the corner, isn't it? Jack Ford's is around the corner then, yeah. Uh, it used to be the steeple and the chimes. The chimes and the steeple, Jack Ford's and O'Kionig's. So did you, you grew up there then? Yeah, we did. Um, my parents now nearly have it 30 years. Um, I, we, we grew up there. Um, now you do have the people coming in playing things like that. Uh, when we did move up over it at the start, you'd be kind of going, oh... But you, I, you take no notice. I wouldn't take no notice of the bells. And then we had the noise from downstairs in the pub. Yeah, yeah. I, um, but but you'd be smart enough to know that if you live over a pub, you're going to have noise upstairs from the pub because otherwise it's a quiet pub and you're making no money. 
Exactly. Yeah. Like we, uh, especially at the weekend now, if, when there was music and uh, you're in watching the telly, and uh, the coffee table used to be vibrating <laughs> from the from the music below. Crikey! And do they still have it? We do. Yeah, we still have the pub. Yeah. And is it doing handy trade? Uh, we would do. Yeah. Yeah. All really uh, locals from around. No. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you still visit? Like yeah. Daytime drink, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, pensioners coming out and people on shift work and yeah. things like that. But, but tell me, has it changed like, over... Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, like my father has... Um, he's got up uh, for outside the, like, um, you know, the wind barriers and uh, tables. Oh, lovely but addition. There is tourists would come in. He does tea and coffee and cappuccino and whatever. So he would have, um, when they get off the bus, some of them would come in for okay. one. Like. So we need to be very careful about this. There is a serious side to it, that it is a big tourist attraction and local businesses benefit from it. They do, they do, yeah. And uh, the area, like, um, they do ring on the hour. So long, I was telling the girl on the radio. Yeah, um, yeah, my dad might say, um, what time did you come in? And I'd say, oh, um, oh, I was in a half two. No, you aren't. The bells went at three, and uh, you still, you still weren't in, in. <laughs> um, because they 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 chime for the amount of hours. Do you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So they'd know what time you'd be after coming in. You were forever being caught out by the bells, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, you'd be in bed then, maybe on a Saturday morning with a hangover, and then like that, they're just. It's like a free-for-all ringing the bells. But I'd sleep through it. Wouldn't bother me. Wouldn't bother me. I think it's people from outside the area now that are coming in, renting out, and they don't want to listen to anything. And, do you know, we won't have no heritage left. Well, that's true. That is true. I mean, I, I don't see this We're catching... we everyone. Yeah. I don't see this catching on unless there's a legal action taking, you know? to stop yeah, tourist yeah. bell ringing. Um, but do you appreciate that some of them are strangling the songs and they just can't? Well, there is. You, you would get people like that. And I mean, they're like helter-skelter flaking off the bells. <laughs> you have a great way of putting things, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. But like, that, you cancel out people coming to, to ring the bells. That's the whole point. They're coming. Now I know they're going up to look around... Um, around and the viewing point as well, and in around looking at the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I mean, like you, you don't really move into an area without doing the research, and you don't move into an area without realizing that the Shandon bells, which are world famous, they have a lot of big bells that ring a lot. You know, you know, yeah. like it's your bad if you move in there and then start complaining about the bells living next to a huge big steeple. You know. Exactly, or the noise levels. Like you chose, you chose to move into that area. Well, listen. I hope to get a response from those uh, behind it to see what they have to say on the matter. I have reached out to them by by email, and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, you be dead against it, though. That's for sure. Dead you're not you're, you're not in the city anymore, though, are you now, Caroline? No, I'm out in Grenada. Is it much quieter out there? Way quieter, way quieter. <laughs> the only bells is the church bells above that we go at twelve and six. No tourists out there ringing the bells of Granada. No, we got actually uh, recently, <laughs> um, do you know, the cross above and ground. The, yeah. the, the, well, the church in Granada's after putting up a blue one. It's like electric blue. The church in Grand, that one had to come down, didn't it? 
Yeah, but it got replaced. You got it's a new back one. Back up now, the red one. And you got an electric blue version of it, did you? Yeah. You're you very proud. On the Mallow Road. Yeah. <laughs> Airplanes yeah. can see it when they're coming into land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see it from the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But you're very proud of it nonetheless. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely chatting with you, Caroline. You're a dose. Thanks right. so much. Take Thanks. care. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. I'll do some text on it in a few minutes' time. But just first up, this side of 11. Leslie, good morning. Uh, sorry, my bad. Let me get the phone line. Sorry. There you are, Leslie. Go ahead. Morning. Hi, Neil. How are you going? Good, my man. So from Granada over to Bl- Blarney. You, Blarney, right. Not Blarney Street, though, no? No, 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 Blarney Village, uh, yeah, for the last 17 years, anyway. And before but, uh, that, you, where were you? Uh, before that, I was on this, this, this Pandanode area. But I'm originally from the Blarney area, and so it's only a natural thing for me to move back there. But listen, do me a favour, though, like, would you just check your calendar on the wall and see if it's the 1st of April? I thought that myself at the weekend. I said, that's an old <laughs> yeah, post, yeah. but, it, but it, it doesn't seem to be. It seems to be. It's far from the 1st of April, it being the 16th yeah. day of October. Uh, that's the same. This, this kind of conversation is crazy, to be honest about it, because it's like I said on the text, the other, your associate, they're like, this is past and parcel of the culture of, of Cork and stuff like that. And even you've been laughing at the fact that people, you know, just ringing crazy tunes on the bells and stuff like that. I'm trying to look at it through the prism of somebody who's moved in there and here's people strangling yeah, look, tunes. I think, I think your, 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 your past people that have been on there talking and stuff like that have cleaned that one up really. Like, you know, look, if, you're, if you don't move into the area, like if, if you have a noise problem with something like that, you know. You also said about talking about the bars there, the local bars there in the area. And I remember, like, I, I actually, my first job, uh, apprenticeship was for a chap above that lived in Eastern Hill, there, John Jones and stuff like that. And I'd done a lot of work. I used to paint the Chimes Bar, and the one next to it went to actually the Bronx. Right. I mean, John and Mary Bourne owned it to Chimes Bar. And Pat O'Brien owned the one next door, which was the Bronx when he bought it at yeah. the time. I'd say it was great I characters in those pubs, wasn't un- it? Unbelievable. I mean, and those people like uh, Mary Bourne, I think, would be still alive. I know John died long, long time ago. Yeah. And Pat O'Brien is still alive. And Pat the Yank, a lot of people would call him Pat O'Brien the Yank and stuff like that. He's notorious in the area as well, you know. Mm. He moved out to Connie Cots afterwards and he bought it called the Bridge Tavern in Blackpool. Right. But... But I spent a lot of time uh, walking in that area as an apprentice painter uh, because of that. And again, like people say, you don't even hear those. You wouldn't hear the bells, you know. You you at the start, though, I remember going up there. And I'd say to John, like when he was, I'd be waiting or walking up in his house, and he'd say, oh, "How do you live with those bells on the, you know, on the shandling and stuff like that?" And he said, "What bells, like you know." But that's just it. Like you just don't hear them after a while. Can you tell me? Do you get any grief in Blarney? Like, is anybody starting to petition to stop people kissing the Blarney Stone? Maybe that's next. I sure look. There's people who would probably want to knock the castle down or something like that for saying it's 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 too old or something like that. But you always get those people. You know, again, the the Blarney is Blarney and stuff like that. And the people of Blarney just love all the people, all all the all the farmers coming in there. The Yanks are back now again and. Blarney is buzzing in the in the in the tour. Yeah, but I suppose yeah. kissing the Blarney Stone is a very silent thing, whereas tourists ringing the bells of Shandon for well, somebody yeah, who's not from—I mean, you you might say that it's an example of people trying to 
desecrate or tear away more of our culture and heritage. I understand that, you know. Well, well it's not so silent when all the buses are coming in, though, you know, pulling the Blarney Woolen Mills and the congestion with the traffic around there and everything. So that's all part of that as well. You know, you can go back, you know, it's not just kissing the stone and stuff like that. So, And then you get all the different cultures that are coming in around them. You know, they spend a few bob in the bars and have a bite tea and have a look around and in the shops and this and that. Like, yeah, look, I mean, this argument is, is you, know, you know, it just should be just stayed in the waters from the very start. To be honest what's, what's the other petition they really should be signing with regards to the Shandon Bells, Leslie? One about the clock, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should look. They'll be coming, like I said, they are again. They'll they'll be saying that the clocks are telling different times now, and they're confused and going to oh, I'm late for walk on. Jesus, I'm late home for me dinner or whatever, like you know that kind of thing. Like you know, the four face yeah, liar. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or the different types of stone in it or whatever, like you know. And I should look. People, like I said, people will complain about everything, but. The, the bottom line here is that girl that was on there previously and they've raised money for uh, for restorations and all these things around that area. Fair play to them because these things just have to be kept there. They have to part of Cork, the part right. of the culture. Fair play to you. Uh, and, and you'll get loads. I'd be very surprised if there's one or two people might come on to object to it. But Well, so far and nobody, like, but they're more than welcome to have their tuppence worth aired if know, they so wish. Well, you know, the other thing is that petition that they have going, they need to have a look into that, do a little bit of research in that and see who's actually signing that petition because I'd be very surprised if they're actually pure Cork people doing that, you know. All right, my man, appreciate that. Text oh, it's Six eight one zero four one zero six reminds you of the American walking over Patrick's Bridge stops to chat with the Cork fellow about the Shandon bells. He says in his American accent, he's oh my god, just listening to the beautiful sound from the bells. What you say, boy? I said I was just listening. The bells, an amazing melodic sound. What? The bells, so well tuned, really something special. Sorry, boy, I can't hear a word you're saying because of those feckin' bells. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Back to calls in a few minutes' time. Let me catch up with text since we started the programme this morning. I chatted with Rory a little bit about uh, the heroic and valiant efforts of the Irish rugby team. Stephen says, lads, I think I speak for everybody, but especially me, when I say that the depression I'm feeling this Monday morning after the game on Saturday night is unbearable. Think running out of toilet paper on the toilet and you have no more in the house and multiply that by ten. I invested so much in this team and it has broken me. Is there anything you're giving away this morning in terms of cheering us up? A night away? Anything, lads. I know I'm not alone. Neil, could you do me a favour and get your hands on a time machine just for Paris on Saturday night? I'll be straight back. I just need to trip Joe Schmidt going down some steps. If the time machine is untenable, anything at all to cheer me up this morning would be greatly welcomed. Just to add, Neil, as down as I'm feeling, I still have so much pride in the boys and everything they gave to that green jersey, says Stephen. (laughs) I love that text and I feel your pain, man. I still have one more overnight for four people to give away at the Maldron Hotel on the South Mall. I'll be doing that before midday today. So stay listening for that. A great weekend and a good win for England. Unfortunate for Ireland, they were not at their best on the day. Um, They were damn good, though, in spite of it. I think uh, from... The experts are telling me that uh, kind of came out of the blocks poor and struggled to recover. But my God, I mean, when they did recover, it just was an astonishing match to watch. 
um, you know, that and indeed the um, the French South Africa game. But that's the way it goes. Um, oh, actually, oh, hang on. You know something? Talking about talking about rugby, uh, there's a big event happening down at the Radisson Blue in Little Island on Saturday the 28th, which would be Saturday week. It's um, the Cork Jazz Ball. Now, I'm mentioning this because there's a rugby tie-in to it. The Cork Jazz Ball is an aid of Spinal Injuries Ireland. And they've been doing this since 2017. They've raised over 250,000 for Spinal Injuries Ireland. Now, this year, the ball takes place on the evening of the Rugby World Cup final. Now, I know that it'll be fantastic Saturday week if people at the ball had Ireland in the final. That isn't to be, but it's still the final of the Rugby World Cup. So the ball takes place on that evening. So the evening kicks off with the drinks reception at half past five, followed by dinner at half past six. The Rugby World Cup final will then be shown on big screens at eight o'clock at the Radisson at the function. Uh, And after that, dance the night away, live jazz and a disco and a raffle and an auction. So tickets are 100 euro per person, 75 euro for anybody under 30. If you want to go to the event, you can book tickets by contacting Philip at spinalinjuries.ie. It sounds to me like it would be a great night anyway, because you got the jazz, you got the rugby you got the fine food at the Radisson. you got the drinks reception. you got the live jazz. you got a raffle. you got an auction. you got a disc jockey. So you got a really good night anyway. I have a table of six to give away. Uh, and I'm going to get to that this week. Um, so six people, you and five people, will be off for the night um, to attend the Spinal Injuries Ireland jazzing up the Rugby World Cup final at the Cork Jazz Ball. But if you want to book your own tickets... Have a great night, Philip at spinalinjuries.ie. So we have a table of first six to give away at some stage this week. So I will come back to that. Um, a lot of other texts on different topics. Um, regarding Shandon, oh my God, I used to live near Shandon. I miss the sound of those bells so, so much. And there's more. The Shandon bells ringing could be somehow digitized, i.e. tourists could still do the ringing, but the sound could be internalized so that it could be heard just inside Shandon only. You're taking the Michael here. I know, I know this is the 100th anniversary of Disney and Mickey Mouse, but you're taking the Michael, aren't you? Um, tourists wouldn't know any better if it was digitized and it could only be heard within Shandon because the sound would still be very loud. I'm having whatever coffee you're having in the morning. <laughs> I used to be a bell ringer, but I gave it up. It was the same ding-dong every day. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Let's go back to Stephen's text there, talking about the depression after the Ireland loss to uh, the uh, All Blacks. He says, Thinking, think running out of toilet paper on the toilet and you have no more in the house and multiply that by 10. Bernie says, um, Bernie on the north side, says, tell Stephen he could <laughs> tell Stephen he could have used kitchen paper tissues or crumpled up newspaper but maybe people don't read newspapers anymore <laughs> do you remember if you go way back along there used to be particularly if it was an outdoor toilet and that's what we had in Blackpool back in the day you'd have a nail in the outdoor toilet and stuck onto the nail then was cut up newspaper probably the echo uh, and away you went. Of course, toilet paper came along and changed everything. Anyway, um, wasn't the North Infirmary in Shandon's backyard? Yes, it was. And it's now the Maldron Hotel. I wonder how the Maldron at Shandon 
feel about the Shandon bells and the tourists strangling the bells or indeed those sleeping in the um, in the hotel bedrooms. Sean says, it's great for tourism. If I was living in the area and I had a spare room, I'd be advertising, come stay at my house and hear the bells of the iconic Shandon Tower and then go ring them for yourself. I've seen them in so many movies and music videos. Yes, indeedy, and I suppose it might be an attraction for somebody doing Airbnb up around the Shandon area. They want to stop the bells of Shandon, do they? They cover the river in Blackpool. We've got robot trees. New Cork isn't much to my liking if all this stuff gets passed. Uh, who's complaining, Neil? Who's complaining? Probably blow-ins looking to change old cultures again. Maybe they also think the Angelus is bad or something. Um, somebody else, Desi, says, living or buying a house at Chandon and then giving out the bells is like buying a house beside the airport and giving out about the noise of the planes. Oh, my God, the younger generation is easily upset these days, says Desi. You, you talk about the new generations. I, I love the way language is changing and the terminology for things and certainly with regards to pastimes or things you might do when you have spare time. How they've all got new titles now and, and it comes with the changing generations. Somebody mentioned to me at the weekend that one of the best they ever heard was going forest bathing, right? Forest bathing. I'm looking at them with my mouth open. I'm thinking, what do you? What is? What is forest bathing when it's at home? Apparently, you and I would know it as being a walk in the woods which is now termed as being forest bathing. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? It really kind of does. But it's a million miles from what you actually would be doing as you walk through a forest. But anyway, that's the world we live in now. Uh, text 0868104106. Traffic is a constant sound. Any irregular sound for anybody can be annoying. I think that's as close as I can get this morning to anybody actually supporting a petition to have the tourist bell ringing at Shandon stopped. But if there are more, I'd love to hear from you. Text 0868104106. Bob McAuliffe does taxi tours. Didn't know that. Bob, good morning. Morning, Neil. What? What's yeah. First, before I talk about Shandon, what's on the taxi tour? Where do you stop off? Uh, well... Uh, I run a company called the Boat Ireland Taxi Tours and we operate 15 hubs, driver hubs around Ireland. We started in Cork about 15 years ago with a Boat Cork Taxi Tours. Uh, our normal tours out of Cork, let's say off a cruise ship, would be up to Shandon, into Danny Linehan's, out to Blarney. Danny Linehan's uh, as in the sweet shop. The sweet shop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, out to Blarney, Blarney uh, Castle, Blarney Woolen Booth. Back into the city, the English market, probably St. Finbar's Cathedral, then down to Kinsale for lunch, um, out to the 9-11 Memorial Garden, uh, back to Charles Fort, and then back uh, down to Cove, finishing up at the Cathedral in Cove. Right. That okay. would be a normal. Okay, yeah. so it, it includes the Buttera, Linehan Sweet Shop, and indeed Shandon and the North Cathedral. Yeah. Right, okay. And who's, who's taken the tour? Clearly tourists, I guess, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, we got a, a lot of people off the cruise ships. We got a lot of people out of the hotels. Um, and, you know, we do kind of multi-day tours around Ireland. And um, we have people that come into Cork. And what we say to them is that they don't really need us for every day. And take a day, you know, go and explore the city. Uh, it's easy to walk around. Um, there's some fantastic walking tours of the city. Um, and just take your time and relax and enjoy the city. I mean, you know, we're talking about Shandon and 
um, like when I think of Shandon, I think of all the other businesses in Shandon that literally that they benefit so much from, uh, you know, how famous the bells are uh, worldwide. Because when we get people booking tours with us and, um, you know, the two places that come up consistently, places that they want to visit, Blarney Castle, St. Anne's Shandon. Right, okay. Right. Not, not say, for up. instance... Yeah, thank you, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. No, they, they're the three places. They're the uh, the three places that keep coming up. Now, yes, St. Finbar's Cathedral will come up. Um, you know... Um, but they're the they, three big ticket items. English Market, Blarney Castle and Shandon Bells. Yeah, they would be the, the top three that, that people know about. But you know when you bring them up to Shandon Bells, you have to pass the the, um, the old butter exchange and the awful decrepit state it's in. Do they ever remark about that? They do. We like we we'll tell them. We'll explain the situation. We'll say, look, you know that this was bought by the council. It had been a fantastic art centre. That there was a couple of really really fantastic silversmiths in there. Yeah. There was a, a watch uh, repair guy in there. There was a wonderful glass artist in there. There was a great cafe and in there that did a kick-ass breakfast was. in there. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, you used to use it fairly regularly. I did. Chalk <laughs> it down, did. I did. I would yeah. travel a far distance for the big fry up there every morning. Yeah. Yeah. I used me too far away from me on, on another table. Yeah. Uh, Is that right? Table. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Okay. So yeah. do those tourists then go up and ring the bells as tourists? Uh, some of them will, and uh, some of them will climb the tower. Um, you know, they'll climb up through the bells and up to the top and take photographs. It's a fantastic viewing platform of the city. It really is. I mean, you know, whether they ring the bells or not, going up, um, you know, and climbing up the tower and through the bells and through the clock and learning the history of the clock and the history of the church, uh, you know, it's... Um, it is absolutely fantastic. So and that's the a, circular economy. It benefits all around it and benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would not, you would not be in favour of any kind of petition to stop the tourists ringing, amazing uh, grace and making a hames of it. Well, you know, um, people have rung the bells of Shandon for hundreds of years. It's been a tourist attraction uh, for well over a hundred years in the city. And not every tourist that goes in will go up and ring the bells. But being fair, it is a very necessary money raiser for St. Anne Shandon. They pay, they they pay to go up, yeah. Yeah, you don't pay to go in and, and visit the church. You pay to go up and ring the bells or to go up to climb the clock tower and to see the amazing views from the clock tower. That's what you pay for. But that money goes back into the church, and it's it spent. In, yeah, you I know. know, I know. But the but, but the but the petition says it's having a significant adverse impact. There's 970 bell chimes in one hour. That's a hundred different songs playing on any given day. Three thousand bell tolls on busy days. There's no peace. Seven hours a day, seven days a week, including Sundays and bank holidays. Um, and if people want to take action, then they can join a petition and there's a particular email to contact. Um, this is to do perhaps with people who were silly enough to decide to live near the bells, maybe? Well, here's the thing. Like, you know, as one of your callers said earlier on, 
you know, if you buy a, if you, if you buy next to a school, you know, don't complain. You know, if if you if you live next to a nightclub, you know, uh, don't complain when you hear people coming out at night or a pub for that matter, or near yeah, the near yeah. the in in the, in the approach of planes to an airport kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, like how many people, uh, you know, out in Ballyvehan complain about the rugby. Or the Musgrave yeah. Park gigs, or the are yeah. the are the people who live near Live of the Marquee, or the hurling and football yeah. down Parky Cueve. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. It, here's the difference. Like you know, those things. If there's a gig going on, uh, they have to apply for planning permission, and people can object. And if there's enough people object, a gig doesn't go ahead. But the the clock tower in Shandon has always rung its bells, and you know, um, it, and it's a strange one. Like, I've often had people on tour with us that, um, you know, they grew up in Cork. They left, went to America, got married, came back here with their kids, and they book a tour with us to show their children mm. Cork. Mm. And, you know, you'll be chatting to them, and the one thing that they'll say is, you know, when I hear the bells, I know I'm home. I can understand that because they do have a very, very recognisable They're the only to... set of tenor bells, a full set of tenor bells in the church in the world. Love the sound of those bells, I do. Yep. Bob, continued success with the uh, taxi tours, my friend. Thanks for taking the call. No problem. And Talk the top to three for him on that are the English Market, the Blarney Stone and Shandon Bells. Actually, I was on a different kind of a taxi at the weekend. Um, I was uh, up in Fermanagh, actually. Uh, handy drive up to Fermanagh and back, but well worth the trip. I was staying above at the uh, Loch Erin Resort. If you're a golfer, you'll know it. It's the Nick Faldo course, but... My wife was a guest and I got to, to tag along at these things. But um, wonderful people, really lovely, kind, friendly people. Enniskillen is just a beautiful, beautiful town. Um, but at one stage, it was out in Loch Earn at the weekend. And it was on a water taxi called EarnWaterTaxi.com. And the guy who was on it, uh, running is a guy called Brian. And he was a fountain of information and knowledge about the general area. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tiny islands on Upper Loch Arn and Lower Loch Arn. We were on Lower Loch Arn and there was dozens and dozens and dozens of little islands. He was telling the story about all the different islands. One of them is a big monastic settlement there from way back in the day. Uh, and th- another really interesting story that Brian was telling was that he um, told us the story of a woman who uh, lived on her own island out there. This was like 130, 140 years ago when she died. So about hundred, about the turn of the 1900s, 1800s and 1900s, she died at the age of 108 and she lived on this island. Her husband died young. I think they had maybe a dozen or 14 or 15 kids and sadly he drowned. And she reared them all on this small little island and she would row in and out every day right up to the day pretty much soon before she died at 108, 108 years of age she would row up and down from her little island up to Enniskillen and back again and she was much much loved amazing the stories you pick and the similarities in the stories I know it's north of the border I get all of that thing but we really are all Irish when you, when you go and visit places like Fermanagh or Enniskillen and talk with the people up there they're of us you know we're all of the same clan and tribe when you think of it anyway that was AaronWaterTaxis.com Thank you, Brian. We had a terrific day. Calls on the way. 
You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. What's a gigabit? Air Gigabit Fibre Broadband has Ireland's most reliable broadband speeds, so it's way better than cable. It's seamless streaming, gaming and downloading all on your own line. So no more sharing your connection with the neighbours. Mrs Murphy was on my internet. What has she seen? Sign up today and experience Ireland's most reliable broadband speeds. Call 1-800-500-300-GO-IN-STORE or visit air.ie. Subject to availability and location, 12-month contract for Ookla substantiation and full term, see air.ie forward slash save. Kaloche to Eda Dingle All-Irish Boarding School for Girls is holding its open day on Saturday, October 21st between 10am and 4pm. 80% of students achieved over 500 points in this year's Leaving Cert. And it's important to note that the majority of students enrolled in Kaloche to Eda attended English medium primary schools. For further information, please phone 066-915-1211 or visit kaloshtaeda.com. There's nothing like a new phrase to get you thinking differently. So we'll soon be hearing a lot about the circular economy. It just means keeping our stuff in circulation for as long as possible by repairing and reusing, by sharing and swapping. The government is taking steps to encourage all of us to embrace circular living as we rethink, repurpose, repeat. It's time to get circular. Find out more at gov.ie slash circular economy, an initiative of the Government of Ireland. This morning, check out KLM Royal Dutch Airlines flights departing from Cork to Amsterdam and connect to Bangkok, Buenos Aires, Cape Town, Dubai and Vancouver. Visit klm.ie. Hyundai's big offers continue at Hyundai dealerships nationwide. Test drive the 2024 Hyundai range, including the all-new Kona, Ireland's best-selling car, the Tucson, and winners of World Car of the Year, the Ionic 5 and the Ionic 6. Avail of the big selection of offers when you book your Hyundai 241 model. Hyundai, a class apart. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106. Talking earlier on this morning as well. Thank you. Can Kathleen and Dave hold just for 60 seconds, please? I was talking about five people dying on our roads again at the weekend, killed. It's awfully sad. Like, and there's just, you see it all of the time with people on the roads and the way they behave. God almighty. No mystery as to why the amount of road track of traffic offences detections are down, Neil. There simply are not enough guardy. We never got back to road traffic detection, apparently, and the amount of checkpoints and what have you than we did before COVID. It never came back. I know you see more and more of those Gatso vans but um, uh, I don't even know if there's as many as them. I couldn't help but notice that eight plainclothes Gardaí and up to eight uniform Gardaí were needed to take one handcuffed man to court in Cashel recently. I thought we were short of Gardaí. Could we please acknowledge, if you don't mind, a job well done in this regard? Could we please just at least top or, top, you know, doff our imaginary caps to the Gardaí and the detectives on this one so far? And let justice and let the courts now uh, take their course, innocent or proven guilty. Um, I think, uh, you know, sometimes we're all too quick to criticise. Road accidents and deaths, you say? I live in West Cork and it's very common around here that parents allow their teenagers to drive unaccompanied in the cars that have no insurance, no NCT or no tax. Very common, says the texter. I know of several teenage boys aged 13 to 16 who are regularly driving out on the road with their parents' knowledge. You see, parents have the attitude that, sure, we all did it. They have to learn to drive sometime. 
I've rang the guards on several occasions and given details, but still nothing is done. It makes it very difficult for the parents who are trying to do things the right way, waiting until their child is 17 to get the learner permit, paying for lessons and insurance, accompanying their child when they're driving. Why are the guards not stopping these very young, uninsured drivers? Why don't their parents care? It's very frustrating and worrying because sadly it will take a tragedy for something to change. Now, we have heard of young deaths amongst young people. You'll remember the awfully recent one there off uh, the Mitchellstown slip. Uh, Many of them, all of them, uh, underage and and children, if you like. But are are you saying that it's quite common Uh, Does anybody know how common it is that a parent would knowledgeably allow a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old out in a car on their their own because they need to learn how to drive? Um, You know, I'm just wondering, is it very common? Uh, Text 0868104106 on that one. I'll come back to other texts between that and quitting time, but I want to get back to the phone lines. Kathleen is holding, so is Roger. First up, Dave, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you, Keith? I'm well. No, seriously, seriously. You live on Pope's Quay, right? Yeah. So I can see St. Anne's every morning when I And it's door. above you. It's up above you, and the sound yep. will drift down. Okay. Tell us your story. I, the only reason I'm listening to you this morning, Neil, is because the tourists started ringing the bells at half past ten. And that is the honest to God truth. I was up late last night, Sunday night, I watched American football. It's on till three and four in the morning. That's my own choice. But I am awoken every morning at the ten at the at the latest by tourists ringing the bells. And this morning just, they were ringing. The, this morning they were ringing, Neil. That's as I say. That's the only reason I turned on your show. And then when I heard you were talking about this, I was like, "Well, this is one thing I have to ring about." Okay, it because normally me. you'd be sleeping. What were they? No. What tunes were they playing? They play. They attempt to play. Should I say, Fairy Jacque and Ode to Joy. They are the most two played songs that people. And then you get the odd five year old who can't, who obviously can't read, so he'll just ring the same bell consistently for five, ten, fifteen seconds, just bong, 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 bong. Now, I can understand the people downtown or into Blackpool and stuff hearing the bells every now and again as it catches the wind. Oh, yeah, that sounds lovely. Absolutely gorgeous. But when you have tourists lining up in the tower to ring the bells. It just gets ridiculous. During the summer there there was one stage where I'd say easily a thousand bell notes were played within one hour. Don't tell me now you lay in the bed counting them though. I didn't count them but if you take that each song has about 30 notes to 60 notes in it and then it's played a hundred times or more. You have a friend who lives nearer to St. Anne's gave you that total of a thousand bell rings in an hour something like that yeah he he um he was there one day because he he works from home and that's what he was saying to me i i would and i would totally believe him okay he, and did he, he move into the, the, here's the here i'm just curious did he move into the area or, or did your good self now pope's key it's a it's a fair clatter fair distance not too far but it's not shandon did you did he know no, when he moved he, in yeah well, Neil, I'll put it like this to you. I get into my apartment from Shandon Street. I live at the junction of Shandon Street and Bellarney Street. So, technically, my do- my address is Pope's Key, but as I say, when I step out my front door, I can see St. Anne's every morning. All right, okay. Well, I've been living see it, here for the last seven years. So, I was here pre-pandemic when the bells were going, and, and then I had the lovely gap of about 18 months when there was only just the bells on the hour, and I was 
I was in bed the morning they left the tourists back in I got the fright of my life to be honest with you but <laughs> did you know like, and did your pal who's closer working working from home up did you know that people rang the bells before you moved I did personally I'm not sure about himself because hmm. if you didn't know or he didn't if know you didn't, yeah that's fair enough you say well you moved into the area and that's that but it is actually like for people that are living closer and myself it's actually getting to the stage where it's kind of affecting our quality of life because I like if I want to do anything now in one of my other rooms the thing is I have to listen to bell ringing I've actually bought sound cancelling headphones oh, right. I, find yeah, no, I mean there's a serious side to it there's a serious side to it you know yeah. like when Father Prout said let the bells ring forevermore there was you know by the people of Cork there wasn't airplanes coming in three, four, five times a day with tourists from all over the world and the only thing that they see is the young offenders so they want to go up to Bellsfield and they want to go up to Shandon Tower. There is, you know, there's far more interesting things to do in Cork than infuriate the people of Shandon. Ah yeah, but so for a tourist say, or <laughs> for a tourist or for even a native who's never been across I mean I know people that are from born or in the south side that I had to bring across the Lee up to Shandon for they had never been there. Um, but yet when they went they were blown away at the history of it the culture the spectacular views it's and very important it is, and it is I've been up there myself and I've stood up the top and you know and pointed out to my girlfriend who's from Mayo you know that's where this is and that's where that is and she was blown away you know I'm, I love Cork and I'm a, a fierce Cork man you know but when like Jack Lynch lived right outside St. Anne's there's a plaque there I, there's a plaque there exactly he didn't happen to listen to the bells a thousand times an hour. You probably heard them go off every hour, off for the Angelus, and that was that. So has it now reached nuisance level for some people, you included? Yes. Yes, it has. And what do you want done about it? What do I want done? The man that you said he was talking, taking to Michael, I think it's a great idea. Digitise the bells for the tourists. They're in the tower, they think they're ringing their bell, they're having great laugh and crack, and I can sit here working at home without the fear of bong, 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 bong constantly. So you're working and then you have somebody strangling Frere Jacca many times a day. Exactly. I'm trying to put myself in your place there and I'm thinking it's torture. Yep. And the thing is, it's just during the pandemic it wasn't there. And I understand the pandemic was like a once in a lifetime event. But they saw, you know, that was the time that they, you know, like Mr. Brack, Tim Bracken of the Law Society, he was a member of their... Um, yeah, their no, committee yeah, regular contributor. Yeah, what, is yeah. He, he's not a banner ringer, though, is he? No, he's not, he, but he was on the committee of St. Anne's. Yeah. And I contacted him and he sent me back, oh, we've all these ideas about putting in noise blockers. Or okay, I'll talk to plans. Tim Bracken then if he's knowledgeable about all this. That's a good I idea. I think he's now stepped away from that role. Yeah, but, but he historically was, might know that there was... Yeah. There was there, you know, so, so there were complaints in the past. I, I put in a complaint myself personally just after the pandemic ended to see if there was something that could be done because after but somebody listening to this will say yeah here's what could be done Dave move somewhere else and Neil if the if it was a realistic possibility in the time that we live in I would actually consider it and that's that's how bad it's actually getting I love where I live I love my neighbours I love right. being in the historic old core yeah. but 
when you have a nuisance like this. Oh, the people over by St. Finbar's, they don't have to listen to tourists ringing bells or attempting to play the organ or something. You know, there's no other church I'm aware of in Cork that you can go bell ringing in. But yet the people of Shannon have to put up with this. True enough. I mean, you can't go up and ring big, do Frere Jacques on Big Ben. Big Ben. Nor exactly. the chimes of Notre Dame or anything like that. You, you know, or St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. That's uh, But Shannon Bells is uniquely available to tourists to play Amazing Grace and stuff like that. <laughs> Attempt to play me. And like, I, I put it like, Neil, if anyone in Cork is disbelieving me, I'll bring them up for the day, I'll make them a cup of coffee and they can sit outside my front door and they can come back to me after about 40 minutes and say, yeah, actually, you know, you know what, you're not talking garbage. Are you working this afternoon from home? No, I took today off because I was at a wedding at the weekend. And I was but are you at home this afternoon? I'm, I, the only reason I'm listening to you right now, Neil, is because they woke me up. Okay, can I send Seamus up to you this afternoon, put the kettle on? Yeah. Ah, fantastic. Ho- hold on there a second, because seriously, there is a, you know, I know I'm having a bit of a laugh and everything, but there is a serious side to it. Kathleen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Right, did you hear Dave now f- speaking from the heart like he genuinely is plagued by it and it's just not funny? I did, Neil, and I'm also speaking from the heart. And I'm saying, what next? What will they try to get rid of next? Number one is, it's on the Cork Crest. It's on the Cork Crest of the Jersey. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, it's in, in a song of Cork to Shandon Bell. Yeah. It's, it's actually immortalised into a song. Uh, the Cork song to Shandon Bell's Neil. Yes, but all and, of that was before uh, tourists started strangling pop hits. Raindrops keep falling on my head and Frere Jacques and Amazing Grace yeah. and the final countdown and all this other stuff. Yeah, but it's still about us, Neil. It's our crest. It's about Cork. It's about us. We're the people of Cork. It's our crest. It's immortalised into one of the, the, the songs, the Shandon Bells. I know, I know that, but it's a money mm-hmm. spinner for the church. No, Neil, it's, 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 it's we're Cork. It's, it's who we are, Neil. It's who we are. It's who we are. And it's what about really the misfortunate people who either work from home or are trying to rear children? Rip them down or anything like that. Well, it's just see, that something like, has to be done for our sanity, please. Yeah, like what I said, Neil. For our sanity. I said, I said, I said earlier on, earlier on, if you if you buy a, a house near a school, you're going to get the noise of the children in the playground. You cannot avoid it. This, the noise will echo. You're going to hear it right into your home and far beyond from the children enjoying their fun out in the, the playground. So don't At 11 o'clock to quarter past school. 11 and one don't to half to one. They so have 45 minutes I of would school say, time. Listen, I Kathleen, hang on a second. Kathleen, eight. listen, oh, listen, me? listen. Those, those times me? around those schools are much me? shorter, David's saying. Me? Neil, I would actually say, get start getting a petition signed to keep Shandon Bells of Cork going. Get people to sign that petition, and we'll see how far we go. That's what we need, Neil. We need a petition to get signed for the people of Cork to hold on to those Shandon Bells. But the bells wouldn't it's go anywhere. No, hang a second. I'm not just... suggesting anything happened to the bells. I'm a proud Cork no, man, but... and I know the song of Shandon Bells. I'm just saying. Kathleen, is that the bell ringing is lovely when you're, you know, you hear it for a small bit and that's lovely. But when you're hearing it for seven, eight hours a day, consistently, ding, dong, bing, bong, it just gets to you. Imagine if you were sitting in that schoolyard from nine to half to two every day and the kids were just running around you constantly. The noise, the noise, the noise. 
that would drive you slowly mad. And that I is what is happening to us. We are I, 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 be driven slowly actually, mad sorry, by love. Sorry for cutting across you, but I can you're actually fine, say fine, that I, I can actually say that I would, I, I would love, uh, because I'm Cork, because I love Cork, and because uh, Cork, uh, Cork, the Shand- Shandon, part of my, you know, we are And Cork, so say I. I get so immune so to it. Yeah. I get so immune to it. But you're I in Ballyfehan. No, you're in Ballyfehan. Oh my, I am. Well, you call me. Kathleen, I will swap. I will swap houses with you. I'll swap houses with you. How about that? I have no. I have no problem. When I go great into stuff, the great city centre, great stuff. I will meet you when, today, and you can yeah, give me the keys, and I'll give you could my I keys. Just, and can I just my, yeah, could I just get my wording? Can I talk first? Yeah. Now, I would say what I would say. What I would say is, I've been going into the city centre since zero height. I remember hearing those bells when I was a child, going in looking at Santa, going in up and down the whole day of Cork City looking at Charles. And you're painting a beautiful picture. It's gorgeous what you're saying. But you're not living under you're not living under them, to be fair. Neil, I have a friend living very near him and any time I go to visit her, it's 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 the echo of it is it's beautiful to my ears. I love it. Okay, hold hold on there if you will. Uh, Roger, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Fifty-six years under the bells of Shandon. Um, I, I'm, I'm right. seeing it through the prism of someone like Dave, who puts it very eloquently and says that they are being tortured by them, for, and that no. their sanity is just being robbed I, of them. I can tell you, I can tell you truly that we don't even hear them playing during the day. We don't. It doesn't wake us up in the morning either, because I go on his room to, uh, at uh, six o'clock in the morning and I go back to sleep at half past eight. And how's, I never your, how's your working. hearing? How's your hearing, though? My hearing is very good. Okay, okay, very and good. And you take Zoom calls uh, at six o'clock in the morning because you know the bells will start going. And no, 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 in. the bells. I don't hear the bells at all. Well, Roger, you're and living we, here. We, we don't years. have we don't have triple glazing in all windows to keep out the sound at all. But you must we have hear only them. Ordinary windows. You must hear them if you're living under them. Sorry, Roger, can I ask? I'm you right under it. I'm oh. right under it. I'm across the road from. Okay. Uh, the Maldron Hotel. We're right yeah, under the Roger. bells. May I ask you a question? So now, we've been well, living in the, the area thing, for One thing years. I want to say. Well, one thing the I want to say is this: when when you when I went up to play those bells, I had I knew I knew a couple of tunes and I went to play them, but I suddenly discovered that on the piano, the C to C goes from low C to high C. It goes from left to right. Yes, it does. But on the bells, it goes on the bells. It goes from right to left. So you have to be very careful that you're going up, down instead of up, and up instead of down. That's why they're that's strangling. Why, that's why a lot of people miss miss the miss the bell. Okay, okay. They miss um, the one they're looking for because okay. they're going the wrong way. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, Dave, did you want to ask Roger, fifty-six years under the bells of Shandon, a question? Yes, I did. He's living here for fifty-six years. He says he's no triple glazing. I'm delighted. Roger, my question to you, sir, is when did they actually start allowing the tourists up? When did this actually become a thing for tourists to do? Because I can't imagine in the 70s and 80s that there was loads of Spanish and Germans and British people jumping off to ring the bells of Shandon. So I just want to know when did this thing explode? And Well, you know, well I, was, I, was, I was very young when I went up and rang the bells. And they've been ringing them since before that. But was there, was remember, there, was remember, there tu- were there tunes 50 odd years ago well, to tell you? They were which... playing tunes. And Jack, Jack Lynch used to go up and play uh, 
believe me if all those endearing young charms. Because you must no, remember there's only there's only there's only eight bells up there and the tunes that they play must fit into that eight bells. You can't have other tunes that go above uh, the high C or, or below the low C. But not everybody just plays a tune. They're just pulling them like like Quasimodo. Anyone at all? Yeah, just exactly. Pull. I'm like Quasimodo here. The bells, the bells. That's all I'm ever on about. Um, well, you don't listen to the bells then. You're only listening to the noise. You're not listening to the tune. <laughs> Were you asked that's to sign a, a that's, petition that's up there, problem. Roger? Anytime I hear the bells, I always look for the tune. And, it's, and it, it, it might come slowly, but it'll come. <laughs> Very but you, you just want to listen to the bells, bells, bells. You're not thinking about the tune behind it. You're a very patient man. Did anybody ever ask you to sign a petition to have them stopped? They did. There was, was a man the... came to the door here, and and I went out to answer it, and he asked me to just sign, sign to get the bells stopped. And I said, not at all. I said, we don't hear the bells at all very, very much in this house. And... Uh, he just said, oh, thanks for your time, and he just walked away. Oh, in fairness, he didn't kind of try and convince you or give you the reasons why they wanted them stopped, no? No, no, he did not. And his, and historically, and from the point of view of Cork folklore and part of our culture, you'd be very upset if anybody attempted to stop them, would you? I would, of course. I would, I'm of course, that's back to Cork for hundreds of years. Or anything. No, I know, I know you're not. I know you're not. That another solution has to be found for the people in the area who that do find it all a nuisance Roger I'm, yeah. I'm delighted that you can live there for the last 56 years and that you can just sit back and enjoy them for me it is it affects my quality of life at times well, that's all I'm saying do, discuss- I think it, I think the best yeah. thing for you would be to put civil glazing in your windows and, and keep them closed all the time uh, yeah and that and that is a fair solution send the bill send the bill to St Mary's and St Anne's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah? The, uh, the Church of Ireland, yeah, they'll, they'll come down and pay that check for me, no problem. I'll tell you what, I'm going to send Seamus your way this afternoon, Dave. Have the kettle on, all right? Right. Okay. Yeah, go on. And maybe you as well, Roger, if you're around. Can I give Seamus your number? Okay. No. No, okay. Leave a call. All right, oh, point oh, made. Okay. I, I have to go now. I'm going visiting my there are many versions of it but for me I think that's the perfect one Johnny McAvoy the harmonies are just absolutely gorgeous um, and actually he does an incredible and I think the very best version I've ever heard of the boys of Barnish Ryder also done by Johnny McAvoy. So that's The Bells of Shandon, uh, written by Francis Sylvester Mahoney, who was pen-named in his writings Father Prout, and he was born in Cork in 1804. He was the second child of Martin Mahoney, son of Timothy Mahoney, the founder of Blarney Woolen Mills. And he was ordained a priest in 1834, and he was appointed to the, as chaplain to the North Infirmary, which is now the Maldon Hotel. And he devoted himself to working with the stricken during the outbreak of cholera. Eventually left the priesthood to concentrate on writing, and he wrote that, The Bells of Shandon. Um, our lines will stay open. Get involved in the conversation. Text 0868 104 106. Everything else is for another day, including 
the Maldron giveaway on the South my, my apologies we'll concentrate very much on that and lots more tomorrow with regards to the giveaway but get involved in this conversation uh, pick up the phone on 0818104106 Seamus is travelling to the Shandon area later never know I might pop up there with him he'll bring me along uh, have a good day I'll see you tomorrow for more Red FM podcasts go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts